Blog Talk Radio. Use the 
heaven What else in hell Can you get an open line to heaven At 11-11 Emerge at the other end Of those meditation portals And elevated walk tools Even some abort tools Any questions, comments or concerns Press one To everyone else Thanks for attending another session I'm pleased to teach but it's an honor to learn Certainly Courtesy of KTL University Oh please don't be frightened I'm terribly sorry about this You are Peace, peace, peace. Peace to you and yours. Peace to you and yours. This is No The Ledge Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed. This is your host, Brother Blue Pill. At some point, I'm going to be joined by my co-host, Brother Red. All right? Thank you, family. Welcome back to No The Ledge Radio. Please make yourself comfortable. I am opening the chat room as we speak. All right, there we go. The chat room is open. All right. Let me drop a real quick greeting in the chat room for everyone that will be showing up at some point in the chat. There we go. Peace to the chat. All right. Yes, family. Yes, indeed. Welcome back. Has been a very eventful, action-packed weekend. Definitely want to give a shout-out to everybody that I saw that participated in the festivities out here in New York. It was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful time spent uh, this weekend. Didn't quite make it to the parkway, though, but nonetheless, you know what I'm saying, I have a um, plethora of memories that are well-lasting this here weekend. Now, for somebody in the chat coming, my line coming through, I had the phone on speaker earlier, <clears throat> and it was, it, was, uh, it was choppy when I was playing the theme music, so I don't know how I sound right now. All right, let me see if my calls going to let me know what's good. Call up on the 347. Peace. Peace, 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 peace. Peace to the family. Peace to the family. Brother Rex Hill, welcome to Know the Ledge Radio. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And what's good with you, bro? And is my blood clap? My... Huh? Is my broadcast coming through clear? Oh, yes. Okay. You're audible from my end. Maybe you want to do a sound check in the chat room and see if the uh, listeners... Yeah, I, could, I, uh, I asked the family. Um, I'm going to look in the chat in a second to see what's good. I'm in the studio right now getting some things together. Awesome, back awesome. Yes, sir. So what's good with you? How was your weekend? It was an amazing weekend. I was telling the family that I actually missed out on the parkway yesterday, but nonetheless, the amount of 
uh, memories that I was able to accumulate this week and made it well worth it. <clears throat> so wonderful way to return back, you know, to my hometown and just continue my um, analytical education of, you know, of home, of this place that we call home, the, the fabulous Empire State and all of the dynamics that come along with it. So, you know, the continues. It's an enriching education. It's one in which will enrich the world because these are the times that I go into um, my creative mode. You know, my energy is at an all-time high. My creative juices are flowing. And um, I tell people because I'm, I was bicoastal and I'm still bicoastal because I have business in California, I'm always operating on two time zones, you know, operating, utilizing the right and the left, the left hemisphere, you know, it's still 6 o'clock in part of my brain that I have to be cognizant of that. And it's 9 o'clock here, and, and just the activity of, of both of those places are still very alive in my mind. So it's still some answers are firing, you know, like, Okay. Yeah. All right. Got a little bit of audio. Right, you're just getting choppy for a minute. Okay. Did you hear me for the most part? Yeah. You said your synapses were firing? Yeah, my synapses are firing because I'm utilizing, you know, the right and the left hemisphere of my brain, you know, mm-hmm. and that middle passage yeah. is, is thoroughly nourished. I'm back on that soul gold water, you know what I'm saying? It's like... And um, I meant to tell you, too, I have Amin Ra's number if you need it. Yeah, I do. Okay. I absolutely I'm do. Him. Yeah, I saw his so I'm back on that soul goal. So, you know, that goal got my, my, my dream state elevated at this point, you know, and it's just something about this New York grid and the energy and, and my home energy being here to allow me yeah. to be very creative and, and just analyzing when you see a million people in a day, that does something to you. You know what I'm saying? You start thinking different as a businessman. You start thinking different as a as a uh, organizer. You start thinking different as a motivational speaker, somebody that can inspire others. Like, what would I say to these people to make their lives better? People to connect with them on a personal level, even though I don't quote unquote know them. You know what I'm saying? Like. Everyone seems to collectively need uh, something in common out here. That's a hug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, facts. You know, it's a hug because it's, it's a lot of um, a lot of angry people out here, and it's it's almost like that that's so New York that you're like, damn, I love it. It's crazy. I know, right? I love these angry niggas. Beautiful. Any any um, IRT stories? And, you know, because I know things get yeah. very interested in transit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On my way home to, tonight, <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna wait and use that as a segue um, <laughs> to get into talking about why this show is so important. But let's do it now. Let's do it. And I, I spoke about a situation that had transpired. Last week when I came into the airport, 
that kind of gave me the impetus to say, you know what, we need to do this show because, um, you know, there are people that have access to authority that are abusing it, right, based on the cultural dynamic of, quote, unquote, you know, a woman puts out a cry to authority, authority answers, and then, you know, the, the, normally the person that they're hanging at is, is a man and that person ends up shit's creep. Like it's mm-hmm. not castigating or beating up on women. It's not what we do. I understand that there's a, a imbalance, period, in the social dynamic. And she is at the bottom rung, and she has always historically been at the bottom rung in that particular social dynamic. But now, because of that, she has been giving a lever, a button to push. Filming, and that now she's kind of getting crazy with that button and launching missiles and what have and we're going to speak about that because there were certain things that were put into place that created this dynamic. It just didn't happen out of nowhere, and this is not us in our original state, okay? This is what you see when a person is disconnected and disjointed from who they are and what they are and then their original purpose. And we're going to talk about that as well, you know what I'm saying, because everything still is. And I walked away this weekend like, yo, you know what? There is no bad in this universe. You know what I'm saying? To say that, to say that there are mistakes in this universe is to say that, you know, a mirror is a mistake, to say that wisdom bell is a mistake, to say that these things that we are participating in that we call life are unbalanced in an unbalanced universe. No, the universe has to be perfect in its mm-hmm. imperfection at all times. You know what I'm saying? God is is that omnipresent force. When he does his dirty work, he has a contract hitman that he. You feel me? Hello? Yeah, hello? He phased out for like two, three seconds in that last line, right after contract hitman. He got Bring a contract home. hitman that, that we know is the devil. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's... You feel me? Mm-hmm. He's just contract hitman. They playing the game. So you mean to tell me when they're bombing in Syria and Allah has to make a decision about whether a Sunni or Shia, he goes in between, he jumps back and forth like, oh, shit, a bomb in Sunni, a bomb in Shia, a bomb in Sunni, a bomb in Shia. When ISIS is cleaning up in, in Iraq, what part of Allah do they don't fuck with Sunnis and fucks with Shiites and vice versa? When Palestine is getting bombed on by Israel, is Jehovah, he has his foot on his neck, scrapping in the universe and the heavens. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's it, they sitting down at a game of chess. Well, Michael and murdered by Darren, they're both going to church, sending praises to God, whether that be white Jesus or not. Or Jehovah, I know this sounds like blasphemy to some people. How does that dynamic work? Who's pulling the trigger? Who's signing off on this shit? Did the devil not contract with God and be like, yo, I'm going to put that work in? And he's like, go ahead. 
fact. If the devil can get an upper hand on God, who's doing the killing for who? The devil, he hides from God. He's getting away from God in his universe. Everything is in the mind of God. Allah, Jehovah, whatever you want to call it. Is there different deities occupying different sectors of the universe, calling themselves different things? Are they four-corner hustlers? Are we in the middle of a shootout? Come on, now. No such thing as good and bad. You know what I'm saying? Life is what you make it. So, back to my story, right? So, I get on the train 125th. I just came from train and shout out to my people at Kyle Levy, right? And my brother Shabazz, he's in the park being with him. Okay? So, I got to get uptown to get everything together for the show tonight. So, I did like a, a, I heard the train coming. I was coming down the stairs on 125th and Lennox. I did a dash so quick, right? Right, because I'm getting my legs together. In like a 45 seconds, I was on the train. Right? My shit moving like jumping jack flash. So, the, the, the train doors closed, and I'm at one end of the train. On the other end of the train, I heard a woman scream out. He robbed me. He robbed me. He robbed me. And the doors closed. He's on she like, me. Yo. She, she robbed me. He robbed me. Oh, he robbed me. So wow. everybody, train is packed, right? Dominicans, quote unquote, blacks, Africans, right? Because there's a difference. But we know what we're talking about, right? Because we're still speaking to a social dynamic. This is the 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 um social uh, uh, experiment that we know is New York City family, all right? So we're talking about a social experiment, right? So she's like, yo, he robbed me, he robbed me. Now she starts walking on the people on the train. She's like, what the fuck, y'all just going to stand there? Y'all just stood there yeah. watching me get robbed? Right? So everybody putting their head down. She's getting confrontational. She's just walking, right? And a, a brother in the middle of the train, was like, you need to call the police. So she was like, what? Say it to my face. And she ran up on homie. And at this point, I'm like, okay, I understand her angst. I don't know actually if what she was saying was true or not because I didn't see it. But I do know that she was waiting for the opportunity to be confrontational. And she shot up in his face. And she had a, her, her fist ball. She was just going to town on homie like, yo, I'll punch you in your face. What you said? And he was like, yo, I said that you need to call the police. She was like, I ain't calling, I ain't calling, fuck, fuck the police. She started going in, right? So she was like, matter of <laughs> fact, I'm going to call the police and say, you robbed me. He was like, what? She was like, you heard me. I'm going to call the police and say, you robbed me. He was like, yo, stop playing. Stop playing, right? <laughs> I'm on parole. So stop playing. The, uh, like he started getting nervous. He was like, yo, stop playing. Stop playing. So the train was coming to a stop, and he tried to get off the train, right? She jumped off the train with him. She's like, police, police, police. He's like, yo, what you doing? 
he just started getting nervous, sweating and everything. He jumped back on the train. She jumped with him. He's like, yo, what's going on with you? You bugging. She's like, nah, I told you, I'm going to tell the police that you robbed me, and you going down. She's like, they don't need to ask no questions. When they come, I'm going to say that you the one that robbed me. She's like, I ain't got, they ain't got to ask no questions. You the one who robbed me. From now on, you the one who robbed me. And she just was attached to that. You know what I'm saying? Somebody had pulled a cell phone out to record it. She ran up on the dude with the cell phone. Homie was like 6'8", balking on him, balked him down. What you going to do? You, she just totally, like, roughhoused him. He put the cell phone down, and he was trying to explain himself to her. Yo, I'm just saying, you, you're about to railroad another man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know all that. Well, mind your fucking business. You know what happened? I got robbed, and I stood here, and he's generally talking about calling the police, so I'm going to say he robbed me when they come. Yo, and, like, everybody just started getting uncomfortable. Like, they couldn't do nothing about it because they know what was about to play out. And it was just like a total sense of hopelessness. People just putting their head down, like, oh, no, it's about to go down again. Oh, my goodness. She's going to call the police and blame this black man. He gonna... And this homie was, like, terrified. And um, I had saw a video posted uh, on Thursday. I forgot who posted it exactly. You know, one of the brothers in the community. And it was a, it was a, a, a video a brother that was being followed by some authorities pick up his church. And the female officer was like, show me your ID. He was like, and I was standing here minding my business. He was asking me for ID. I'm in violation of no law. He was standing trying to stand on his square. And he was just walking away from her. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you bugging. Like, you know what I'm saying? Beat it. Like, what's wrong with you? I ain't commit no crime. What's going on? And then a, um, a male... European authority figure pops in his face like a policy officer, like, you're under arrest. He's like, for what? Going to pick up my seat. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're under arrest. Turn around. And it, it, it was a demoralizing ending to that tape. Like, the brother started, you know what I'm saying? He was like, yo, this is race. I'm going to pick my seat up. Like, I can't believe this. What did I do? And he was just straight carrying him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just ugly. I, so I'm witnessing this on the train today. Like, yo, it's about to go down like that. Just because she presses this button. Just because she has access to this button. And she's about to press this button on homie. Homie's going to get railroaded. Even though the people is going to speak on his behalf, they probably still going to take him downtown and railroad him. Yeah, he's still going to go through the process. You're still going to go through the process because, you know, there's probably no validity to what's being said, but she has the right of authority just based on what she says. Now, she don't even have to be in her right mind. Yeah, she doesn't have to be in her right mind. Her her tongue is weaponized. You know what I'm saying? She could just be like, he did it, and it's a wrap. And I'm like, yo, that's fucking. We live in a you feel me? Yeah. So, again, I'm seeing the social dynamics of it all play out. And, again, like I said, it's not to be, uh, uh, you know, hard-handed or um, beating up on a woman. You know what I'm saying? Or, or the powers that have been afforded her, what have you. But I'm saying that there's a sinister, there's something more to that. Saying there's something more to those powers.
powers that have been afforded to her when she's going to turn around and rip her state, they, they railroading brothers. You know what I mean? Like, Olivia Pope is now running up on um, what's the president name is Kendall? Because she couldn't do that to no European. Couldn't do that. Couldn't do, do that. Couldn't be on the. Yeah, they do it right on the train. Wait, what? You gonna lock who? Yo, lock her up for lying. On you some know, so, uh, on some. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm 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 just you know of the mind that there are some things that need to be discussed because people's lives are being ruined on the daily, and the more and more that we ignore these things, the call for unity gets further and further away because we have to address this cancer in our society. You know, we have to address that nuclear option that has been given to somebody in the household where now she can declare nuclear war on the person that five minutes ago, you know what I'm saying, was her rock. And now you're going to go look on that person and take on this stance and now what? going to join the ranks of the independent woman. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, so, and then there was a outpouring throughout the weekend of people saying, I was listening to the show when he got cut off. You know, when are you going to have that brother back? We need to have some questions and answers. You know what I'm saying? We want to hear some more of what was being said. So the conversation was very engaging. People were loving what they were hearing. Some people definitely had questions to ask. And I'm like, okay, we might as well keep the conversation continued, you know, while the iron is hot. You know what I'm saying? So with with that that being said, we put together today's episode. Um, Shout out to everybody that came out to Monique's, uh, Nicholas, Bookstore this weekend. Shout out to King Simon. Shout out to Patrice. There's a plethora of people from the KTL family that showed up. Shout out to you all for Jerry Miller and Sandra Fraser's amazing event. All right. The house was packed. They put on a show. They did their thing. Definitely showing cool, you know. And I'm sure that there will be a DVD coming out about that. Uh, like I said, the, the, the brothers' downloads are through the roof. And he's like at 8,000 now. We had him on two weekends ago. And, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, to jump the track, I don't know what happened to it, where it went. You know, the angels are lifting that episode up because thousands of people are downloading and listening to that level of truth, that resonance is coming through that brother. So you definitely want to check out Meet the Millers in the archive. It's a show that we did with, 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 the, uh, with the brother and his wife. And for those that missed the event, King Simon, so when that DVD comes out, people in the Atlanta area, you're in the presence of some jewels down there. Look them up on Facebook, Jerry Miller, Sandra Frazier. Seek them out. See what they have to offer. This brother has some amazing organ technology. This is off the Richter. He did some full-scale demonstrations on it, showing and proving what exactly it does. Uh, his wife has wonderful um, wands and what have you. And they both just have a plethora of information. They gave some wonderful information about detoxing. Back on my detox campaign, you know what I'm saying? Because that's mainly what I'm seeing in New York is that 
you know, uh, you can see it in people's skins. A lot of people are sick out here. There's a need and necessity for, like, uh, I said it last time I was in New York, they need to um, they need to, to replace whatever they put in the chemtrails. They need to replace that with sage, and they need to smudge the city with the chemtrail planes because it's just a level of anger. People's livers are shot, you know, and they have the, uh, you know, the level of New York, I call it, the scales is from, you know, the, the, the parasitic elite all the way down to the, uh, you know, the, the poverty parasite. You know what I'm saying? Damn. The whole scale. It's the 1% to the 99%, and it's all parasitic. through and through. But, you know, never fret. We here. I'm going to start bringing health and wellness right on 125th Street. We got to take this campaign to the people. Nothing to lose sleep about. It just means that there's work to be done. And we're here to do the work, you know what I'm saying? I'm glad to be home, and I'm glad to actually have the tools that are to reverse the trend for those that want it, you know what I'm saying? We're going to set up a tent, we're going to speak to the people, and we're going to let it resonate, let the good times roll. All right, family, All right. so with no further ado, I want to get Hold on. episode of the Yeah. Hold on real quick before we even continue. Um, I just want to give a shout-out to uh, all my family out here, Texas. I'm in Houston right now. Um, Wisdom Bella is turning one years old on Thursday. My baby girl, yeah. you know, this has been one of the most, you know, uh, blissful years of my life. You know what I'm saying? She has definitely, you know, opened up my eyes to a whole, a whole another possibility of just what parenthood and what life is all about. You know, I, I attribute a lot of my success to her. She helped me step up my game. You know, her mother, I have to give her all of the props for being there, being such a good mother to her daughter, raising her up to be um, a very smart, very happy, very healthy, you know, wisdom-filled baby. You know what I mean? I'm a very very thankful, you know, it's it's definitely, it, it just, you know, my heart is just very uh, full with love. So, um, you know, I'm out here in uh, Texas, you know what I'm talking about, and I'll be doing some stuff with my brother Talik, Michael Singleton, and a few other people. We're going to get these, uh, you know, we're going to get some work done, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm very focused on that. Um, I just want to let everybody know if, before you uh, check out, you know, of this world, before you leave this planet, if you ever had the chance to go see Bilal, make that a priority. Hello? Yeah, hello? Hello? Yeah, you said something about checking out and your phone checked out. You back? Yeah, I was saying that, you know, that this is something for everybody. If you ever get a chance to see the brother Bilal, who was a quote-unquote neo-soul singer before you leave this planet, basic instructions before leaving Earth. Like, make that one of your, put that on your bucket list to go see that man. You know what I mean? He is uh, is the epitome of what I call an artist. uh, He's definitely, um, he's in his bag. You know what I'm saying? I went to see him on Saturday. Huh? He's a legend. Nah, he's a straight legend. 
You know what I mean? He uh, he put on a wonderful show. We went to see him on Saturday when I got in town. Um, I was thoroughly, uh, you know, I just I, I love when artists are just really artists. You know what I mean? Like when they when they are their art, when they when they live their art. You know what I mean? And I saw that in the brother. You know what I'm saying? He um, he made me want to, you know, uh, really focus on my performance and, and my, you know. Oh. When, when, when we come around to that, make you want to sing. If I could sing, I'd be a bad mall flower. Holla! I'm saying, you future know, can't I sing. I I know, but I, I don't think I, I don't <laughs> think I was blessed with that one right there. I got a few things in my bag, but that one right there, I'm gonna let them do that. You know, I'm gonna leave that alone. I'll just be in the audience. I'd rather be in the audience this lifetime. You know. I, put, I could put some bars together, though. That's neither here nor there. Um, other than that, I just want to, you know, that, that's about it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, if there's anybody out there in the Houston, Texas area, feel free to holler at me at uh, KTL Empowerment at Gmail. KTL Empowerment at Gmail. You know what I'm saying? Link with, you know, just link up. So let's see what we could do. And for the future events that are coming up while I'm out here, we will talk about it on the show. We will have it on our Facebook page. And um, we'll also have uh, these emails. I'm in the family. You know, I'm in the town. I'm going to have a T-Moss out there, too, on 125th Street. I'll be at class on 125th tomorrow night. Tomorrow's class on Wednesday. Shout out to Sister Marjay, Brother Azazel. You know, I saw them as well over the weekend, nothing but love. There's so much positive energy. You know what I'm saying? I, I just love them. No doubt. It's my people's right there. You got to go see him at the Botanical Gardens, bro, man, whatever you do. Yeah, we're going to go to the Botanical Gardens. I'm going to be hugging yeah. trees. You know what I'm saying? Uh, stepping up my, 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 my tree and my chi energy. You know, I'm going to be demonstrating. Shout out to my brother Ty. Yeah, shout out to my brother Ty, the energy worker. Yes, the, the the power of this plant kingdom, you know, the access of the power that's all around you, you just have to start looking at life in a totally different light, you know what I'm saying? And we will start enjoying it more, we will wake up a lot happier, and we will be able to demonstrate out here on these streets what it's really supposed to look like, you know, or the possibilities for such, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, some people could just be walking and walk all together. There's a lot of walking dead out there, and I don't mean that derogatorily. I'm just saying there are certain things that need to be done, you know, to turn that light back on. And some people are going to want it and some are not. But for those that do, you know, be out here. So let's get into tonight's show. Let's do it. All right? Yeah. So family, yes, we are back with a special broadcast, part two of our special broadcast that originated here Friday evening on KTL Radio, all right? And we will proudly welcome our brother Greg Doss from gregdossradio.com to our program tonight to continue this conversation and for questions and answers. He's going to be joined by our brother Sharif as well in the full ministry. And tonight you will get an opportunity to know, all right, both brothers, behind last Friday's broadcast, and we also will be able to delve a little bit deeper into the conversations. With no further ado, 
We present to you caller from the 813, 813, okay, 813397. Greetings. Hey, what's up? Can you all hear me? Yes, we can. Yes, give me one second and let me open five. Caller from six one nine five seven eight. Our brother Sharif. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. What's up? What's going on? Welcome to the platforms, brother. All right, I appreciate yes, you all having me on. Thank you so very much. I'm humbled and uh an honor to be here. Yes. It is an honor to have you here on the platform tonight. We were able to mesmerize our audience Friday evening with a powerful presentation from you both. I played some excerpts from part one of uh, the show that we were on with Brother Sharif with the Violence in America, and then I was able to expertly mix in part two of Violence in America's show, which featured our brother Greg Doss. And... um, you know, the family was very engaged. Uh, there were a lot of there was a lot of commentary taking place in the chat room, and people wanted to get to an area that dealt with quote unquote solutions. You know, um, and I felt that it was very necessary that we lay our case out first. You know, and I think that that's what the brothers were doing. So. On tonight's episode, I definitely want to continue that conversation to an extent, but I also do want to open up the line and get into questions and answers and also speak to that uh, request that people have about quote-unquote solutions. Indeed. First, I'd like to say something, Pills. First of all, I want to say to you two brothers, um, i got to give honors to you. First, I have to give praises to the creator for allowing me to be here today, but also I have to give honors to KTL and the Blue Pills for really honestly, man, being those true pillars of Boaz and Ken in this conscious community, man, for nearly, y'all been out here for a decade, nearly five years on Blog Talk, and I was looking at the brother's site, and y'all have nearly 50 pages of archives and shows, and look, we don't see that type of durability and longevity especially in our community where two brothers uh, who's hap- who happens to be twins, two brothers really uh, withstand any obstacles they may have personal and occup- personally and occupationally to continue to give the people, the community, two, ta- two days a week, three hours of just information that you would get nowhere else. So, man, I have to really tip my hat oh, off to you. I'm, I'm home, brother. But um, I have to tip my hats off to you because, you know, this is unfounded. I know there's a lot of networks out there, and a lot of them really don't understand the the type of connections and the type of following that uh, KTL has. I was looking at the amount of followers, and, you know, y'all about 2,350. And there's a lot of networks out there that feel they run number one. And But, I, I you know, I told Brother Greg Doss when he came, I said, you know, when you come to KTL, you know, you're going to come to where the plush carpet and, the, you know, the high-rises are, and, and you're, in the def- <laughs> you're definitely in the in the high-rise of conscious community, man, and big props to you, the blue and the red, um, and, and definitely honors to you, man. I, I can't 
start off anything without giving you those accolades. Yes, thanks, brother. Uh, we are humbled by those accolades. Um, we want to share them with you as well. You know, I, I've mentioned it on the show, and I'm going to mention it on this show, that uh, we were highly impressed by your presentation, the professionalism of your presentation, and, you know, just the fact that you was able to take that topic, you know what I'm saying, and just do a very professional, expert job of dissecting it to the point that it became, it was visual. It was a, like I was, I, was, I was in school, you know, and uh, it cleared up a lot of misunderstandings that I had about certain things that took place in the past. And it also helped me with solutions as well, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for your show, what you're doing with your broadcast, and the uh, the dedication that you put forth, because as you as you um, you know as you know, this is not an easy task here. You know what I mean? Doing these podcasts and yeah. dealing with the amount of information and the different personalities, and just being on time. You know what I mean? Or having yeah. a message that's on time. You know, yeah. there's there's something greater than us that plans this. This is not all us. That's right. Well, I, I have to tell you guys, because I guess we don't hear this enough and we don't do this enough in our community. I am a manifestation and a creation of KTL. I've been listening to you guys for about four or five years, and it was you guys that gave me the idea to start this platform. I had the knowledge in, on my subject matter, and I've listened to you guys so long that y'all gave me the idea about radio. And I learned from you. I learned years from you two brothers, and y'all younger than me. So we don't we don't do enough we don't give thanks we don't give props enough to each other and it's a lot of you know chest beating and everything but I got my training a lot of the words that I use common unity let me just go on and tell everybody I got that from the pills you understand there's a lot of my dialect and a lot of my vernacular and style that I got from KTL Radio and I'm telling you that you utilize it very well um, and. So you add something to it, which is a level of professionalism, and uh, you bring authority to it as well. So I would rather, you know, I will, I will rather not see it in, in nobody's better hands than yourself. And uh, you know, brother Greg Doss as well. He comes across very professionally, very astute in terms of his subject matter. And you know, both of you brothers sound like you were born for radio. You know what I'm saying? So the thing pretty much, it, it works, man. It works. Good. And in this damn time when we're trying to speak in a, uh an environment where people are so deaf and you got to cut through all of the distractions and get to the hearts and the minds of the people to actually get their attention, you know, it's very necessary that you come and put those components and those are the marks that speak of, you know, the ones in which are here to speak and, and, and here to, you know, be messengers and bring these, these messages forth. So I definitely wanted to extend this platform to both of these brothers to get that information out. Now, very briefly, uh, because we, we may have mentioned who you are and what you do, but I want you to explain quickly in a nutshell what is Thor Ministries, and then afterwards, I want 
Brother Greg Doss to explain, uh, you know, who he is, what he does, what his background is, and what have you, the services he provides. Indeed. Um, so a ministry is a creation of the creator in the balanced universe. It, it's something that came across my you mind. Uh, I've been a paralegal. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay. Uh, Thor is a creation of the universe. I mean, that, that slogan came from me because I was in a, at a point in life where restoration was important and paramount. So restoring myself in many directions. I'm a paralegal and studying civil law, some criminal law, uh, mainly the consumer protection laws. I've done a lot of work in debt collection, uh, credit repair, uh, foreclosures, any type of debt collection or economic situations I pretty much have dealt with and in, to a success. So I brought that platform. I was invited on a show over there at uh, another blog talk show, and from there I spent a few months and then transitioned over into my own blog talk. And uh, House of Restoration was the, was the name that had came to me. But then as I was going along, the T kind of added to it, the House of Restoration Ministry, and then the, that synonym came out to Thor, which is what it turned out to be now. On my network, I deal with debt collection. I, I deal with people dealing with uh, economics as it relates to foreclosure and, and those type of things because I believe that for our people and, and, every, and all people, because my show is pretty much has a, a great deal of diversity, um, but, you know, when we can talk money and, and – and put money back in the pockets of the people, uh, I think they hear better. You know, I think they see things a little bit better. I think they'll eat better. So, you know, I focused on that lane as opposed to other lanes that I might be able to engage in. But I focus on that lane because pretty much that's where my gift is, is dealing with that. And I've dealt with it to a success for several years. So I just started Thor. And, again, the idea came from you guys in terms of doing radio and uh, I, I was afraid of it. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm pretty much uh, pretty comfortable in the back cave doing what I do. I live comfortably. You know, there's plenty of debt collectors out there that keep me happy. Uh, but then, you know, something happened to it. I thought the information might need to get out to the masses, and I didn't understand the desire for the information was so strong. So that's how I developed Thor. I've been on my own network for probably the last three or four months. We're over there on Blog Talk. If you just type in Thor Ministry or Thor Radio Network, and it's a ministry just in terms of the information and the charity that we do by putting the energy out, and we put out you know good information, uh, and we do it just based on the love we have for the people. So we chose that lane as a lane that we pretty much are comfortable with. We're we're, we're subject matter relative on that lane, and that's it, man. And I ran into. You know, a lot of great people. You know, I've I've had you on there on the show. And uh, I'll be honest, Pills, the you know, the show we came about, and then you can have bring Greg in. You know, when I thought about the show, it was a lot of violence that was going on. And I listened to a couple of your shows, and we're always seeing the, the overextending arm of government and state and law enforcement and public officials, and we're just seeing so much of it. And, um and uh, and it just moved me to do a show which was outside of my lane of debt collection, and I decided to do a show on uh, violence in America. And, and and the springboard of that was the Ferguson incident, 
but I just had an epiphany. I just went back into my own upbringing, and, and which the creator allows me to do. I just went back in time because I always try to get a historical or esoterical uh, perspective on what's going on instead of looking at things in current events. I kind of go back and try to see where it developed. So I, I went into my own childhood, and I've seen clearly that we have a war upon our women, and then our women are inadvertently or surreptitiously, you know, invoking war upon the men and the father. And I don't, and I don't say that to, to place blame on any woman. I love women. Uh, I, I grew up with a great mother. I don't have any bitterness towards women whatsoever. We've all experienced failed relationships. But, you know, I see the way the women are being used these days to uh, destroy the family, deteriorate the value of family, and give the men up a sacrifice to a system that has only taken us and using us uh, for monetary gain. So, you know, I called in the brother, uh, Greg Doss, when I did the first show. He kind of came into my spirit the other day, and I said, uh, I told my uh, Layla, who's on my panel on my team, she's one of the Thorines, I said, reach out to the brother and see if he can come on, because this is the element that the creator was giving me to talk about. They're using our women. Okay, and our women are, are are being used to really destroy the family. And then they come in after they've removed the men, and they're defenseless, and then they're going in and they're taking the kids and, you know, the welfare thing. You know, people heard the show. I don't want to duplicate effort on that sense, but that's just how it came about. Of course, anytime I do a show of that caliber, I always invite the pills because y'all are always subject matter relative on any topic. But, of course, I invited you to contribute, and I want to thank you for coming. And that's how that show came about. And, um, you know, and Greg was there, and he did a great job. You guys came did a great job. And that's it about me, brother, so I'll shut up. Indeed. Yes, Brother Greg. Yes, how are we doing? All is well, brother. Can you um, give us a brief introduction to your humble beginnings and what it is exactly that you do? I guess in the humble beginnings, uh, I'm the product of two military, uh, retired military parents. Uh, my brother is a tenured professor at North Carolina A&T, so I've, I spent some time in the military. Uh, I guess I'll be considered one of the, the, for lack of better terms, the black sheep of the family. Cause people think I just look for a fight when in actuality I don't really want one. Uh, but I, you know, I did eight years of total time in the military. I was a union steward for UPS and the Teamsters. I uh, worked in the education system for about four years. And, you know, I've had some other uh, life experiences. And I kind of, you know, came into the, the alter ego of Squid was my uh, hustle uh, um, persona, not with the same uh, persona that I use on the radio, which, by the way, I've been on BTR since 2008. I came in through the school of dating with my man Steve the Dean Williams. And Steve the Dean Williams gave me the first form to talk about what I talked about, and it kind of came off a little bit as misogynistic when, in fact, it really wasn't. I just spoke the truth of what I was. Uh, I'm calibrating it because Greg is here, not the alter ego, but I was very promiscuous and tried to be. I never made any bones about that. And then um, I guess through that same experience, I kind of came face-to-face with uh, some of the issues that most guys who have been involved with the the quote-unquote family court system, which, by the way, it's not really a family court system for probably 90% of us. Um, but, you know, from there, 
Uh, you know, I have gregdoss.com, uh, which, you know, again, my man Steve helped me set up. And um, I was also on a, another show. I don't know if it's okay to mention your name, but I still have a great affinity for the relationship that I've had there for about the last two and a half months or so for all the people over there. And, you know, Jonah Bay um, showed me a little bit of the different sides of what I was actually working in, which is I'm probably a constitutionalist. You know, my background is political science, urban studies, uh, pre-law. And I learned what I, you know, I try to share with people from the school of hard knocks. So I had my behind kicked in learning this lesson. So once I started taking these whoopings and I kind of made through and was able to get uh, what is known as remedy, I said, well, shoot, let me show other people because, you know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. If I've already got my behind kicked and I'm trying to save it for these people, come in and let's uh, do what I enjoy doing, which is sharing information. Some may call it teaching. And um, from there, you know, hopefully we can help more guys get remedy, not to get out of necessarily, quote, unquote, playing the child support, but so that you can have a more viable and more active role uh, as a parent, if that's, your, if that's your, your objective, to be a more viable and more participatory parent in your child or children's relationship or, or lives, then I can show you methods by which you can go into these venues uh, and exercise what is essentially a divine right, which is to be the parent if that is your decision. And uh, I guess um, for the most part, that's pretty much it with me. I'm, you know, I'm, Again, I am DJ Squid, who won't be here tonight. Uh, he's a little bit more of the volatile personality, uh, a little less difficult to read and to discern what he's saying. But I, I think he's a, a pretty nice kind of dichotomy to my other to the personality that we're we're hearing right now. Uh, so that being said, if there's any questions or whatever you all would like for me to discuss, uh, I, I'm all yeah. for it. Um, what happened, like I explained earlier, is that both episodes together, so there was a segment that you spoke on um, on the original broadcast that didn't get broadcast on this episode, and I think that it was what you just lightly touched upon in terms of your experience in the courts and what you have, you know, been able to amass in terms of remedy based on those experiences. So I would just like you to uh, speak about the uh, lawful aspects of what you were able to uncover by, like you said, quote, unquote, getting your ass kicked, you know what I'm saying? Like where did, you know, how did that particular um, process pretty much uh, manifest, you know what I'm saying? Like what was it like? What brought you there? What got you out of it? And what have you been able to do? thus far because I understand that you have an unblemished record in terms of now you've given ass kicking chickens out there to the uh, quote-unquote legal system, you know, and I just want to be able to explain to people what kind of racket that we're looking at, you know, what exactly are these courts doing? Can we speak about the bonds? Can we speak about those things that you touched upon in the first show that you didn't really dive into. Oh, that those stats are okay. When it came to now, I'm not as familiar with the bonds and all of those things and, and that process. I what would be I guess considered a constitutionalist. Now, yes, I have uh, utilized and, and really beneficially uh, part of the 
the process that was introduced to me through Jonah. But prior to, to and this is for the, if you're speaking to the case when I went into the court for the, uh, I guess, driving my license suspended with knowledge and had that case dismissed. Uh, we I've had several uh, people who've gone in with those driving my license suspended cases and gotten those removed. It's just a matter of one uh, standing in the square and doing the necessary study. Now, I'm going to tell you, my, my classrooms are pretty intensive because, you know, I guess the greatest analogy is if you don't practice hard, you're not going to play hard. If you practice at half speed, you're not going to take it to the necessary level come game time. Uh, so, but within my learning and teaching, I just went to what I know. Now, in the beginning, I went by what I was told. And unfortunately, for many of us, especially in it doesn't matter what your community is, we really operate based more so on what we've been told than what we know. And I was, and <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, this has all happened over the last three years. But I was at a black on black rhyme uh, show, and a brother Sunday out of UL Bay, they call him DJ Breeze, went on there and started talking about, I think it was income taxes, and he's got, he began to say, you don't need a license to drive, and everybody in the crowd was moaning like, oh. And he said, and I can show you. And he said, I can show you. My ears perked up. He can show me. So I waited around after the show, and he showed me something. And the first thing I thought was, dang, what else could they, be, they have been lying to me about? And through his, you know, tutelage in the beginning, he just said, hey, go look here, go look here. And I began to say, hey, wait a minute. I've been getting my behind kicked in the courts for child support. I actually lost my son for the most, you know, I lost what would have been considered custody because I didn't know. And so when he started showing me what was going on, I actually, after being paid child support, being defaulted, which they can't lawfully default you really without serving you proper notice, but even with the notice, it doesn't have, it doesn't make you relinquish rights. But it, uh, long story short, I deconstructed my cases. So the cases that they had against me, I've more I've been where I've missed court dates, uh, had to get locked up, uh, learned about in a standard hearing. Uh, things that I've covered in, you know, the webinars and on air. I, I learned almost the entirety of the processes of uh, getting my behind really kicked. They mushed me in the face, stuck their finger in my nose, all that kind of stuff, for the most part, in undressing my dignity. But as I began to learn more and more, and I just kept coming back, and, you know, one of the things I tell the guys is, listen, as long as they're killing trees and making ink, bro, we can go fight the ass. You know, and maybe when you change your perspective, which is the motto of Greg Doss, you change your perspective, you can change your results. I just kept going back in fighting. When they tried to reject one thing, I'd come back with more paper. Hey, they did something, I did something else. And because I did have a, a decent ability to deliver, and I was never intimidated by whomever may be the, the representative of whether they are the venue, the so-called child support protective services, and I, I have, for the most part, a very deep-seated angst or hatred for these people. So I was always focused. And the more I learned, I just kept coming back. And then ultimately, uh, it came to the point where the personality of Squid showed up a few times in certain venues. And one day I just started getting letters saying we're no longer enforcing the action, which is all I wanted. And I left. Those actions died. They let me go my way. They still send the electronically generated things in the mail, but I don't go back for license suspensions and all that. And by the way, I was stopped for having a license suspended uh, or driving with a license suspended with knowledge 
for not paying child support, which, again, is unlawful because they can't take your license for an issue not necessarily related to the license itself. And that's Bell versus Burson. That's not Greg Doss. But uh, it was if it's not done through the, the uh, judicial process, I just tell them I'm never going to. I'm not going to pay you to give me back what you unlawfully took. And so every time we have to go through this, I'll just go back in there. We'll go back through the process. And hopefully one day you'll get tired of seeing me to the point where you just leave me alone because that's all I really want is to be left alone. So hopefully that was uh, enough in a nutshell. But everything I do is uh, law, uh, constitutionally based, uh, and um, it's been successful for me and the guys who, who managed to stick it out. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, that, I mean, that's it. <laughs> hopefully I covered yeah. your question without giving too much of a diatribe. No, not at all. Um, in these particular situations, you know, because, like you said, a lot of people are only going off of what they've been told rather than what they know. You know, the more that one talks, the more someone else is able to gather. This is it's very foreign to some people that never heard it. You know what I'm saying? And then for others that have heard it, you know, but haven't heard details of it or spoken or heard from someone that was firm and successful in it, very intriguing, you know what I'm saying? So people are interested particularly as it uh, pertains to, you know, uh, this particular level of, um, of discourse. They don't hear it enough to just hear about it. You know, when you were going into court and you were standing on whatever paperwork you were standing on, what were some of the things that, you know, you were going up against? Like, what were they utilizing to shoot down your claims? And how did you get around that? You mean prior to the uh, epiphany or the the Damascus, course, the kind of Damascus moment with Breeze? Uh, before, I was just doing what they told me to do. Hey, go file this paperwork that we're essentially guiding you to file. And come in here and get your ass kicked again. Uh, that's usually what went on for yeah. years. And there, and actually, there were times where I would get a notice in the mail, and pretty much, if not physically, but definitely psychologically, go in the corner and ball up and just say, "Man, I just I can't take this no more." Uh, I know the one thing that I did have in me was a non-desire to go and slave for somebody else to take what I'm earning. That wasn't going to work for me, uh, which is actually peonage, and that's also against the law. But um, so, you know, in the beginning, it was really a one-sided affair. I mean, I mean, this is like back in the old days of wrestling where you had the guys with no name. You know, they would get beat up, and that was their job to get beat up by the superstars. It went from there to the first time I got through, I got thrown out of court after meeting uh, Brother Breeze. I said, damn, I must be doing this. must be closer to the right thing. Uh, I started going in utilizing words like appropriate persona, not having the full grasp of, of the law, but I did have some background with contracts because I was a union steward. So I kind of understood that. And I learned constitutional principles because I took many law classes in college, but they never taught me to utilize the law through divine means. They taught me to kind of utilize the law through propaganda, like playing a game. But when I internalized it, found a relationship with the creator, which I tell everybody, I don't care who you may want to follow or call your creator, uh, whether it's, you know, Allah, you know, God, if you want to call it Yeshua, Jesus, 
uh, the Dalai Lama, Buddha, whoever it is, or a can of paint. Find whoever your creator is going to be and let that be your beacon or the standard setter. But I refer always to Matthew 6 and uh, 24, it says you can't serve two masters. So once I took that perspective with everything, I was never, I never walked in with the inferior mentality. (laughs) So at that point, let's talk about the law. And when they were throwing it out because they just said it, I didn't have the necessary, I wasn't fortified with the necessary information to formulate uh, an articulable literary response. And I mean, I couldn't write it on paper and give it back to the courts in a way that they could understand it. And then, so when they said things, it kind of became an argument, which kind of got me off my square. But once I started learning, like, the sweet science, I didn't waste any movement. I went straight to what the subject matter was, saying, if you say it, you better prove it, and, uh, which is, you know, one of those maxims of law, uh, which, you know, I, th- that particular terminology I started learning, I started using more when I spoke with Jonah. But my thing was case law, law, facts, and either you come with them or I'm going to probably start going at, at, at you personally because now you're operating outside the constitutional fold of government, and I can always get you. And I had no problem writing judges. I have no problem telling hearing officers, hey, look, man, you ain't got no authority. You better do what you said you're going to do on paper. And, you know, I knew I would go about getting oaths, which, by the way, that's one of the things that I, I do teach in the webinars. In fact, the one this week, I'm going to show people how to go about getting an oath. Uh, in fact, I had the oath for, like, three different circuits in the state of Florida of everybody, even the assistant state attorneys, learning what, what governs them and making them and holding their feet to the fire. And I'm not there to stop the flow of uh, money or revenue. Just leave me alone. And eventually, you know, I had the stamina and the endurance. Plus, I was motivated because I couldn't stand these people to get it off my back. Um, and, and that's what I teach people. Focus on what we're in there to do. Let's get it done and move on to the next thing, which is your life. And if you want a relationship with your children, they really can't stand in the way. I can guarantee you by the time you come through one of these sessions, not one of these sessions, to enough class sessions, depending on what your level of understanding is, you will not be intimidated and you will not be worried about whether or not they reject you the first time because ultimately you're going to tie them to what they agreed to do and you're going to make it always lawful. Not not argumentative and not no drama. Let's get in here and let's take care of our business and let's go home. Right. Do those particular um, those laws and those statutes? Do they differ? The seminar that you're giving would somebody, let's say from New York, somebody from Louisiana, would they be able to also extract some information from it and utilize it in their uh, particular cases? Right. Well, if you go, if anybody who's in front of their computer, would open up your Constitution um, and go to Article Four of the United States Constitution, which is the full faith and credit clause. Essentially, whatever's good in one state is actually good in another state. It's just a matter of how you tie them together. And let's not forget that statutes and codes uh, will always fall to law. Um, in fact, if you all are in your – wherever you are right now, grab a pen and grab any other object that you don't want to break and hold them at equal, equal distance from the ground. Now, statutes, like whatever's in your hand, one has, they have different weights. And so, thus, they were going to act on you a little differently. Now, but law is always what it's going to be. Like, say, the law of gravity. 
which is this is one of the examples I use, the law of gravity will pull on objects equally. And so unless they can defy or stand with gravity, they're going to come down. So if you're holding those two objects up at arm's length out at the same distance and you drop them, you know if they hit the ground at the same time. No matter what you might have thought was going to happen, like the heavier one would hit first or the thinner one would slice through the air, no, 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 no. The law pulled them both down at the exact same time. And no, Isaac Newton didn't do that. We knew that before. But anyway, um, they hit the ground at the same time. So I just learned that, hell, well, I know Article 4 gives full faith and credit, so I found things in other states, and I would utilize them. But at the same time, I knew that Article 6 makes the Constitution and the treaties that were established prior to the adoption of that Constitution the supreme law of the land, and all judges are bound by it. So I just utilized the Constitution for what it was. And within any set of arguments, knowing that you have an oath to uphold the Constitution, and I don't like to use that T word, but if you deliberately disregard that oath, you might find yourself in a pretty precarious situation because I believe that's the only thing that they may still hang you for in this country. And I pretty much say it to them that way. And not to mention, and I wouldn't say I was a great military person, but I know back in 1985, at the age of 17, I said, I solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I'll bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I'll bear the lawful orders of the President of the United States and officers appointed above me, so help me God. Then I said, I'm an American fighting man, and I serve in the force which guard our country and our way of life, and I'm prepared to give my life in their defense. And even though I didn't have to do that, I took that seriously. So I don't take kindly to something that many other people gave an ultimate sacrifice for that other people have kind of addressed cavalierly. Um, and, again, I'm not saying that because I'm, you know, a great military person by any stretch of the imagination. I made it work for me. But the reality is people who may unknowingly have gone in thinking that they were really fighting for that, there are other people who have taken it and monetized it or made it, a way for people to make money. Uh, I never appreciated that, but I make them stand on what I was willing to, at one point, die for. Uh, of course, when you're 17, you think you know it all, don't really know very much of anything, but uh, the reality of it is I use that document to benefit me. You know, I do, I'm very familiar with the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which I suggest everybody go out and grab it and read it. Because actually that would supersede the Constitution, 1948, United Nations. But I just use law. And then I use spiritual, spiritual law or the Bible, which is the foundation of their quote-unquote common law. And essentially if, if, you, if you operate properly within it and you have the, the, the right spiritual compass and intention, I, I'm more than certain that anybody, because I'm not talented at all. I'm not very smart. I always tell you I'm not very talented. I can't draw, don't sing. I heard y'all talking about that earlier. I don't play any instrument. Uh, I can dance and I can get to football, but I can read. And one thing about information is once you know, they cannot make you unknow. And, and uh, I want to go a little bit deeper to see whether there's a certain – psychology that allows one to activate, you know, the square that they're standing on opposed to others who might be, uh, you know, trying to come about in a different way. And I'm going to set up a scenario for you. I have a lot of people that 
were able to get certain amount of information from quote-unquote sovereign citizens that were speaking about constitution law and approaching it from a way in which, you know, they uh, saw themselves outside of the system, you know, not necessarily citizens of the republic, but quote-unquote sovereign citizens. And, you know, I'm sure that you're familiar with numerous ways in which people uh, approach to get remedy through the courts utilizing this system. As opposed to what you said, which was you recognize this country at home and you took an allegiance to this country and the Constitution that hold this particular public, quote-unquote, public together. And you approach this fight as someone that was military-minded, so you approach it as a soldier, you approach it with protocol, and you approach it, I would assume, with a certain level of love for country and the Constitution is attached to it. And once you were able to direct your energy that way and then tying it to God and country, right, you were able now to unlock the code and be successful utilizing this sport that ends up cutting a lot of people instead of being target because they seem to be, you know, yielding it improperly. So do you think that there's any validity to that, that somebody utilizing the Constitution to defend themselves in the court of law against people that are violating the Constitution should have some sort of allegiance in their heart to God and country and make that Constitution, that piece of paper, that what some refer to the magic document come right? Well, to the first thing about the, I'm not familiar with the whole sovereign citizen. I mean, I've heard it, and I, you know, I do have a little bit of what I have an idea what they do, but I don't, I don't categorize myself as that. I'm a, I'm a product of the Creator through the instruments known as Calvin and Queen, my mother, my father. So that's more divine. And in as much as I, I know I mentioned the military, that's only because of the commitment to what they said their foundational principles are, constitutionally speaking, even though we know. That constitution was adopted, meaning something was here before. Um, the military did not give me the discipline. <laughs> that was already there. Not because my parents were in the military. They were both country people. Um, and actually, my parents got divorced. And I asked them later on to a person, how did they manage to still do what they did for me and my brother? And they said, the only thing that was important was you and Chris. Our differences ain't got nothing to do with being parents. So that would be an answer for a question that may come later on is, why I don't buy this crap that you can't find two people, a way for two people to get along. But um, as far as the, the military, military did show a, a certain kind of structure, but I think the, what happened was I began to get success, however, when I found a relationship with the creator in the universe. If I don't submit to, to anyone but the creator, then everybody else has to be under me, and not in a demeaning or condescending way, but he said, oh, I can't let Squid come in. You all don't own me. Okay? So I walk in with that, and I do owe everybody a duty, which is also case law, but I owe everybody the responsibility of being responsible to everybody else by virtue of my actions. More importantly, I don't owe you any more than I've agreed to give 
so long as what I'm doing doesn't interfere with your ability to do the same, which is, I would think, more of a universal concept or a spiritual concept. And I just never deviated from the spiritual uh, concept. And uh, there's so many more things that we could get into, especially in this day and age with the way that so many of these children uh, or beings are unfortunately brought into the world. Uh, We are the product of the energy that creates us. And, um, you know, we're looking at that and having background within the school system, working in special education, working in adult education, and then being involved even here uh, with certain uh, programs, among all the other troubles that I had in life, um, brought on by myself, not because of any improper parenting, because I had, I made bad decisions in life, uh, not mistakes, because mistakes are made when you lack a body of information or no balance uh, or, or compass to make the decision. But um, through doing things and then, again, my involvement with uh, children and some of these uh, school systems and trying to, to address issues, it I think I was just motivated. And then Jonah introduced me to learning how to look up the astrology of the signs and realizing that a lot of what I do, I can't help it by virtue of what I am and, the way I, and where I was born uh, within the universe. Uh, and actually, that's mm-hmm. later on, over the last couple of months uh, to some degree. Uh, I am often pained when people within uh, the race of humans find, find it easier to find reasons not to get along than to get along. I, I wish that we would uh, come together to bring about more healing. Um, but with that being said, uh, I, I was just easy, it's easy for me to focus because to submit to somebody whose intentions are not honorable would be disgraceful and would essentially be uh, disrespectful to the creator. So my motivation and focus was always on that. And right. it, it helped me. And um, I don't know if you heard me earlier. I was speaking about this aspect of coming to, to, to grips and coming to terms with the fact that, you know, we live in a perfectly imperfect universe, you know, and understanding the way in which, quote, unquote, God works, there are not too many mistakes necessarily if we are to buy into the mistakes or that God makes mistakes and that's saying something damning very much about the abilities of God himself or itself. So you know, have you ever pondered upon these situations, you know, seeing these families and going into these schools and seeing these children and what have you and um knowing that there has been something done systemically in terms of breaking up black family, but do you think that there's some sort of silver lining slash divine purpose in it all? The divine purpose in it. Uh, you know, I, I, I had a question posed to me: Do what do I? What do I think they didn't do? I, I don't. I can't speak for what the creator's ultimate purpose is. Do I think that there are systemic systemic obstacles? that were intentionally created by groups or a group of people with extreme amounts of influence, because I don't know about the power part, but they have influence, that may have set in place a series of events which over time have 
I guess, brought us here? Absolutely. I was in the military, remember? I don't think anything happens on accident. <laughs> so uh, with that being said, um, I go back to the 1964, uh, the Patrick Moynihan. Y'all from New York, Patrick Moynihan, Senator Moynihan. Yes, we, we are from New York. We do know about right? our audience may the not know. The Tangler Pathology in 1964 Department of Labor uh, study, which was based upon information gained. Uh, and, and, again, you know, the study methods were much more archaic then or, you know, slower then uh, because they didn't have the use of computers. And, yes, for the young people, yeah, there was a time when computers didn't exist. Hell, when I was in college, <laughs> jokers didn't exist. I know the Dewey Decimal System. I know many, many nights in the library. Uh, not that I have an issue with computers and the ability to, to access information instantaneously. But he spoke to, and that report spoke to dynamics that have since been amplified. Some people would be really shocked to find out that at one time the out-of-wedlock birth rate nationally was not close to what it was in relative to the quote-unquote so-called at the time. It actually was referred to as the Negro family. There was a greater percentage of children born to intact families. Uh, that also helps build generational wealth, by the way. You know, when most of the income is within one household, even if it's not a lot of income, it can go further because it, it learns to kind of move itself through the community. There's a community dynamics even within the house. But I, I'm really aggravated that based upon the fact that they knew certain dynamics would cause certain results even then, um, to see that 50 years later, all these problems have been amplified when, in fact, uh, they should even they should, should almost be non-existent. To me, would be proof that there is some very powerful forces at work. I mean, there's been a 500% increase in the number of incarcerated uh, people since 1972. I don't, I don't want to necessarily, uh, which we can talk to the racial components of that. Uh, the ethnic components to that, but that's not accidental. It's not accidental when you consider that the prison industrial complex has ex exploded, as well as the military industrial complex and its spending, uh, the occupation ar around the world. These things happen because they were put in place many, many, many years ago, probably with the idea or the concept of creating uh, generational wealth uh, down, down the road. So hopefully I did answer your question. I do think that something much more sinister is that in, in effect. Um, and when you can create, if you want to destroy any community, bro, all you got to do is put the, the woman and the male, the, the male and the female that, of that community against each other, they're never going to survive. And there was a, a group of people that knew that if we could create a dynamic, and y'all go watch the movie Claudine and listen to uh, Gladys Knight and the Pip saying Mr. Welfare. Uh, Curtis Mayfield, Bless the Dead, did the entire score. But um, I saw that movie. But um, and many times, there is a dynamic that has been amplified, and because there are people who are able to make a living from the dysfunction, their motivation is to keep the dysfunction going. I mean, isn't there right. a magistrate in every court? Isn't there a quote-unquote bailiff? Isn't there some sort of lawyer in that courtroom? Going after you, by the way, isn't there some sort of re representative from some sort of child protective service? And by the way, people, the attorney there, especially if you're in the state of Florida, and 
actually right there in the rule, doesn't represent the mother or the child. In fact, I don't know if they even send doggone birthday cards to the kids. They're telling me you can't tell me you care about the kid. Um, but those, that's what five people almost in each instance that work solely because of dysfunctionalism. If you took 25% of the people and made them have to make an agreement between them, how many people would instantly be put out of work? Not just within that building, but the prison industrial complex would feel it. The pharmaceutical company would feel it. The schools, uh, what do you call the program? There used to be a few of them now they're everywhere. The um, alternative eds would feel it because now that has become a dynamic. I don't know how old you are, but anybody who's over 40 knows there was a time where most of the special education was relegated to one hallway or a couple of rooms in a high school. Now you have institutions of quote unquote special education. Uh, you put you got uh, again the pharmaceuticals. More money is made from dysfunction for wealthy people than is made from having a functional, intact, stable society. Dysfunction uh, breeds dollars for the upper the upper echelon. It breeds discontent at the lower echelon. And that's not me saying it. Don't even believe me. I don't ever want you to believe me. Look it up. Dysfunction makes money. Hell, reality TV is popular. What does that tell you? But uh, <laughs> surely I digress. I'm trying not to let squid out, but go ahead. No, I think that you were making a, a beautiful summation by speaking of the institutions that are able to, you know, to exist off of dysfunction in society, you know. And those people have a vested interest and prolonging that to function as long as there's a financial imperative attached to it. So the question remains, you know, what can we do to stem this process? Like, how can we slow it down? What can be done about welfare? Is there any way to, you know, slow it up? Is there any way to offer people that are on welfare an opportunity in a way to get off of welfare? Is there any way that we can offer families to settle these differences, you know, outside of the court system? Are there any institutions that are set up throughout the country that you know about that are community-based that deal with healing um, inter-family conflict before they get to the level of the woman going to the authority? Well, that word authority is pretty interesting because uh, <laughs> you'd probably be surprised to find that many of them don't have any authority. Uh, that sometimes authority is presumed, and they operate in those venues under certain presumptions. But really, a person asserting a right invokes a demand upon whomever is trying to, 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 to move. In, in the instance of a lot of these cases, and I, I can only use mine um, in the ones that, you know, the way that we kind of go about it when it comes to, and again, you know, I don't give legal advice. Um, what I do is... Uh, study long term but I've learned how I got the information. Um that's my disclaimer in the short brief I'll give a I could give a longer one. But if a person is aware that they have a right to be involved in a situation, let's say let's say well if if guys knew that okay, you think that she can just come in and get child support, what if I showed you that well the standard for establishing that she, you owe her anything is so high, they cannot make a lawful argument in their own defense. Uh, quite quite simply speaking, 
Is there any standard for how much money a person has to make in order to be a parent? Okay, so there's no prerequisite. So how can you establish a postrequisite? There's no law that states that you have to tell anybody anything. If they're coming to sue you, if they're coming to sue you, they have to sue you based upon something called standing. How do you have standing? You're probably not even a real party of interest, and that's Rule 17B. And, um, but, you know, I can get into the issue of making yourself private, but let's just look within what I deal with mostly, which is the public realm of things. Um, even though I, I, I do have much of that the other paperwork uh, completed now. Um, if a person knows their rights, they have the ability to pretty much lock up the state because, quite frankly, standard through, and everybody write down this term, strict scrutiny is so hard and so high that once you place the burden on the state to prove a point, they probably couldn't prove it if their life depended on it. But what they know they could probably do, they can do with most people is they can talk them down. And one of the things that we work hard or diligently at are the people at Greg Doss uh, documents. I'm not actually Greg Doss, but uh, the, the entity Greg Doss documents is we teach presentation. We teach you confidence. Uh, we actually, in some instances, do help people learn how to read and do other things. And I used to be a tutor in school, by the way. Um, I haven't had uh, any classes relative to legal writing, but because I can write, I can express myself. And and one thing also I would suggest to people, if you wanted to go into a venue you wanted to present a case or an argument, it might help to know your own paperwork. And sometimes your expression doesn't have to be legally sufficient. In fact, it never does. As long as you know, they know what you what you want, and you being able to express exactly what you want in a manner that uh, one the court, courts would have to recognize, and is always preserves your right to appeal. And, and a lot of those things kind of come with you know just some practice and probably getting a few uh, tips and, and pointers. But to your your main question, if people walk in and say you don't have the right to take from me what's mine. And if you can't take care of the child, give the child to the father. That's the most viable alternative, correct? Simply because she needs money doesn't mean you have to give it to her. And by the way, if you turn to Article 22 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, uh, and this, again, we're staying publicly, but it would actually supersede the Constitution as well, every person who lives is entitled to Social Security. So any of the benefits that the child gets they're already entitled to. Uh, go no further than the preamble. In this state that we, the people of the United States of America, in order to form a perfect union, establish justice and ensure domestic tranquility. Remember, we, the people, provide for the common defense. We, the people, promote the general welfare. And we, the people, secure the blessings of liberty, not only to ourselves, but our posterity, which is future generations. We, the people, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. So where does the power come from? So how do you walk into a venue created by you for your purpose to help secure um, your unalienable rights, which are granted by the creator, all of a sudden take authority over you over matters that really have nothing to do with them? Thus, if you go in as the guy who's been told that you have to do something, and don't act like you had a battle with Predator and he snatched your spine out, you might find that remedy is right around the corner. And sometimes you may have to 
uh, you'll probably draw the ire and the disgruntledness of other people who are saying, no, why don't you just go ahead and pay it? Because I ain't got to. I don't know these people nothing. And if they think I own, make them prove it. And I hope that's in like in a nutshell. But, you know, if you two people want to get along and make an agreement, they can make the agreement. In fact, in fact how can two people walk together unless they agree? All right? And if they don't and if she doesn't want to agree, then you assert your right to to do whatever you think is, is necessary to um, help benefit you. And it's not written anywhere, guys, that being chivalrous or whatever means that you should give up your, your dignity. No part of being a man involves you giving up your self-respect. And uh, that's one of those man mindset things. But um, I think guys need to step back and say, this is not benefiting anybody other than the purveyors of the dysfunctionalism. So more guys that just take that standard approach um, that I'm not going to give up everything that I have to make other people feel good while my, I live miserably for this short time that I'm on this plane, um, I think we could see a lot more movement. I think guys need to be more solutions-oriented, brother. That's, why I, that's probably in a nutshell. More guys spend time focusing on the problem than you do on the solutions. We find groups. They cry about the problem. I shouldn't say cry because it sounds condescending, but quite frankly, maybe it's probably the most proper term. Spend more time focusing on what's going wrong than how can we make this right or at least make it right for me. Uh, let's try doing that for once. Stop finding other groups to find um, what they call it for the women pity parties. Okay, if this thing is going on. Let's not pull ourselves up and let's go in here and let's battle this thing and just use the um, remedies that we may know of it doesn't matter how you get it, through what I do, through what they do within the private community, the other conscious community, whatever works, let it work. And, and let it work for you. Absolutely. I want to utilize this time to uh, get our listeners engaged. I do see some hands up in the call queue. All right, family, if you're out there, please press one on your phone. We're going to be going to questions and answers if you have any Questions, comments, or concerns now is the time to press one, and we're going to go to the line. With your permission, of course. No, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't hear the last part. Were you speaking to me? It kind of went out for a second. Yes. I said that I would like to go to the phone lines at this particular time. With your permission, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah, no problem. Game. No problem. Okay. All right. So let's take some calls. Call Q. Okay, let's go to the first caller. Welcome to four one zero four one zero five nine five four one zero. Caller, peace. Okay, do you have a knowledge of astrology already? Hello. Welcome to four one zero five nine five. Are you there? Okay. I'm going to start simmer. We'll get back to that caller. Caller from the 410, one last chance. Are you there? Peace. Your moon? No, your moon <laughs> is in Your moon is in air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 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 doing the reading, huh? doing the reading. 
leading on there. That's what's up. It's going to call her from 901-901-864. 901-caller. Peace. Hello, 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 hello. Peace, peace. God. Uh, thank you to the brother for what he gave us. Uh, I hadn't had to use that any of that type stuff, you know, dealing with the the court system. But I, it's good to know that that uh, that's something that I could use. Uh, thank you for what you brought to us. Peace to blue mm-hmm. and red for what you do, you know. Uh, Indeed. Thank you. Thank you. I don't necessarily have a question, uh, so just want to dig y'all up for okay. what you're doing tonight. Well, thank you for, okay. for your kind words. Thank you. Okay. Yep. All right. Peace. Okay, let's go to call up from the 813-813-532. 813-caller, peace. Hotel, peace to the gods, peace to the gods. How you doing, Greg Dawes? How are you? I'm outstanding. How you doing, sir? I'm great. I'm great. Listen, I have a question. I was wondering, yeah, um, I'm listening to you talk about certain things. I'm, I I want to know, do you offer any other, other remedies um, dealing with um, the public side of things besides just child support or, or is that just your main focus or is that just what that's your foundation right now? Well, well, what I offer is I think the education, but if you ask me what other areas have I had <laughs> quote unquote success and remedy, uh, definitely within, you know, traffic tickets, uh, which for the most part, none of those things should work. Um, you know, confidence, Self-esteem building. Uh, certain, if you're in the state of Florida, there are certain things that Greg Dawes Doctors provide as far as notary services are concerned. Uh, consultation, coaching. Uh, we help because we can't write, we can't do any or give legal advice, but we do uh, kind of look over court-prepared documents or <laughs> assist people in ensuring that their documents are sufficient going into the venue, of course we wouldn't write anything but uh, necessarily. But no, we there's probably a host of things. It's more of if you ask, if we know, we, we will definitely help you. And if not, we'll guide you and point you in the right direction because there's plenty of brothers and plenty of uh, people in general who uh, operate within other things. Because I know a lot of times it becomes an issue of expense as well. And, uh, you know, granted, it does take some kind of um, consideration to get anything done, but, you know, we, we're pretty affordable. You, again, you go to com and see the list of available services that are provided. But, you know, child support is one of the bigger things. I think child support, uh, Brother Red and Brother Blue, is just my passion because it was kicking my behind for so long. And it just – I'm going to say this, and, and, again, for those who are listening, I know this is not may not be the, the sentiment of everybody. I will say that child support is the biggest albatross or the creation of child support as it stands because President Ford doesn't necessarily want to sign it into effect as we overstand it now. Child support is the biggest albatross around the necks of most men in this country today. Almost every negative reality, especially for for, uh, the so-called black man, 
is related really to some issue with child support. And if you don't think that that's intentional, I mean, okay, let's look at it this way. Um, and, and let me answer, answer the brother's question. We do child support preparation. We do responses to some and requests for hearings. And people, we also uh, a direct approach to anything. Do not just not answer things. Uh, traffic court, uh, confidence and self-esteem building, mentoring, even for children, uh, consultations. We do, I can do some conferences through Skype, uh, educational webinars, self-presentation, which is very important, um, and even help with establishing corporations and what have you. Uh, but I just believe that child support, if you think about it, because people don't know, a, a child support case can essentially criminalize you if they take your license and you get pulled over for having a bad license. So now you just gone from a person who may not necessarily be able to pay uh, or may not want to or may not be able to afford a child support payment. Now you're a criminal at the same time, and you ain't hurt no damn doggone body. Sorry, brother. You ain't hurt nobody. Okay? Uh, what, what's more important is, in most instances, child support also forces people to go into the underground for work. Or some guys just say, I'm not going to go work to bring home 45 or 50% of what I earn uh, for somebody else's benefit. And everybody said, well, it goes to taking care of the child and you're a deadbeat. Listen, every movement needs a slogan. It's like every song needs a hook. If you were to look behind most of these slogans, you know, you call a guy a deadbeat dad or, you know, this guy fathered these kids. Well, doesn't the woman have an equal contribution in it? And if he's a deadbeat, what does that make her? And then I don't want it to sound misogynistic. I want to attack the sisters here. But the reality is, uh, I have daughters, and I'll tell them, I'll never let you come to me and tell me about what some knucklehead did to you uh, when it, you're, because I'm the same guy that supports equal rights and what have you. Um, there's a duplicity with everything, and also there's a motivation behind everything. Um, there are other women and other ethnicities that enjoy sexual copulation as much as others, but for some reason this dynamic hasn't affected those communities to this degree. And we can talk about the Willie Lynch thing, which goes back to what you were saying, brother, or we can just talk about, quite frankly, certain slogans have allowed a manifestation of bad decision-making. And all I do is I'm trying to bring the balance by saying, hey, listen, if women knew that guys can say, hey, listen, I ain't got to pay child support because it's not lawful, in fact, most of the courts bring you in under family law, and it's not a family law issue, is it? People are just hanging out ain't family. And if you read Article 15 of the United States, well, Article 15 is right, the Nationality, Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Read Article 16. I'm not even going to tell you what it states. Probably surprise a lot of you. Read your, in some states' constitutions, I believe marriage is defined, isn't it? So if you don't have a marriage, can you have a family by law? Matter of fact, go to Deuteronomy 23 and 2. What does it say about certain children? And by the way, people, <laughs> I, I, I'm probably going to get run out of here on this one. If illegitimate children truly had birthright from day one, would we need to be discussing reparations? Or could you just say that that guy was my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather and he denied my great-great-great-great-great-grandmother what she was entitled to? What would you do to the financial structure of this establishment? <laughs> but hey, who am I? <laughs> you would have what's called birthrights and inheritance rights. 
which you have anyway, but that's a different story. So I hope I did answer the brother's question. We offer a myriad of services, but they're all they're all based on self-help. We help you help self, and um, we do, do we do do some document preparation as well. Yeah, you asked my question. I appreciate it. And um, thank you, guys. You guys are having a great show. I wish you further success down the road, brother. You're doing the right thing, providing a remedy for the for the people. And um, once again, thank you. Thank you for your call, brother. I really appreciate it. He's from, he's from here in my area. Indeed. Thank you, brother. Peace. Okay, we're going to go to the 310. All right, call up. From the three one zero two five six, coming to your line next. Three one zero two five six. Call a piece. Peace, peace, honest, honest to the host. He uh, kind of answered my question um, with the last caller, but I want to um, ask another question as well. Like, if you already signed the court order, does that does that bound you an obligation? And um, is there some type of remedy, you know, for me? Like, do I, could I, um, could I, like, go back if I was, like, in control of my straw man? Do I have to go and do any of that straw man stuff? Or, like, what what are some remedies can I do? Because I already kind of signed a court order. I've been paying for, like, the last three years. Well, there's a couple things. One is, again, it's not legal advice. You don't legal advice, you can turn and be advised. When they brought the original document to you, were you fully aware of what you were signing, or did they hide any material information from you? Well, if they did hide some things, I wouldn't know. So I was aware of, um, you know, the order itself. I didn't um, end up paying the order that they originally sent to me, we kind of agreed to um, we agreed to um, what um, what I paid in, in mediation. Okay, and again, I'm going to tell you something without looking at the documents because the documents, like the documents you present to the court, tell the story um, in better detail. If you made an agreement and you weren't aware that you didn't have to make the agreement, then the agreement exactly. is okay. no good. There has to be a conscious meeting of the mind and. If you happen to be in there under some sort of threat, were you married? Let me ask you this question: Were you married to her? No, not at all. So they essentially brought you in under the office that you had to be there. Exactly. Yes, I felt threatened in a way because they sent me a letter with like this estimated um, amount that I had to pay based on a, based on income that I wasn't even making. Like it was based on income that she told them that I made. And so um, I ended up having to pay rears based on the amount that we um, initially agreed to, but they still went back on the date that she initially put put it in. You know what okay, I'm trying to say? Take, I mean, well, hold on, yeah. hold on. I'm gonna tell you something else we teach at Greg that we do at Greg Doss. We don't get into the story so much. We get into the last week of the law because okay. the story will get you out the square. Okay. They sent you mail. Uh, they sent you something threatening in the mail, which would be a violation of you all take this down, 18 U.S.C. 876. They can't send you anything threatening through the mail, claim they're going to do anything to you and not be breaking the law. That's extortion. Wow. 
and there was nothing previously existing that stated you owed her or them a damn thing, right? Real talk. Real talk, yeah. There was no, if there was no contract that you entered into willfully, then the only way that you entered into the contract is in the threat, duress, and coercion, and there are ways to rescind uh, signatures. But, okay. again, there's no prerequisite for how much money. <laughs> Listen, if there was a prerequisite for how much money people should be having before they have children, how many people wouldn't be here? Okay. <laughs> so, hope, hopefully that helps you. And if, if you know, I don't want to, to put out. Not that I have a problem holding in the information. I just know that when you put it out over the air, sometimes it gets misconstrued as giving out legal advice, and I don't want to have that issue. Um, not that there's not that they can tell you that you can't help people with the law. Because by the way, which was here first, the law or the lawyers? Actually, that came hmm. up, uh, brother. Brother Red is it Red is speaking to me. I actually asked an attorney in one of my blue. I asked an attorney in one of my cases. I said, "Let me ask you a question, lady. When was when did the Florida Bar Association receive its charter?" And she looked at me strangely, and she's like, "I said, you don't know, do you?" She said, "No, since 1950, wasn't the Florida Constitution Whoa. written? So wasn't the Florida Constitution written in 1838? What y'all do? Just hijack the damn law? What the hell about here?" And I left. And I'm sorry, that was squid coming out a little bit. I let them know, man, I'm, let me get out of here, man. Uh, and I would always end with the, you know, I would tell you all to have a nice day, but that would be disingenuous. And, you know, but, but the law existed before, right? And by the way, if you find the word lawyer in the Constitution, I'll eat the damn thing. And don't take my word for it, but why should I like somebody that Jesus didn't like? Didn't he say in Luke 46, woe unto you lawyers, for you they men with burdens, grievous to you, born, you said they should burn with not one of your fingers? And then in 52, didn't he say, woe unto you lawyers, for you take away the key of knowledge, enter not into yourself, and for those that try to enter, you hinder. But I should like them. Whatever. Hopefully I answered your question, bro. And if you, and if you want me to, I hope, I hope I answered your question. Sometimes I'm sorry, brother, you know. Squid kind of comes out. So your website out. is com, right? I can go there and check out the services you offered, and and if I needed to um, consult with you more, I can contact you. Yes, sir. To uh, your yeah. website, okay. Yeah. And oh, that's Greg with one G, G R E G D O S S. dot com. Gotcha. Honest. Uh, I'm sorry, really. I, I, I had to calibrate sometimes because sometimes squid kind of comes out when the radiation level gets a little high. But some things uh, kind of aggravate me when I know that they bring in guys under this ent- this entire color of law office and have you signing away your life. And, and here's something that's also kind of interesting. How can the state represent, because they can't represent, but they represent a party on behalf. I mean, the state represent a party against another party from the state and not have an inherent conflict of interest. Hmm. That's crazy, ain't it? Hey, I don't make the rules. I just read them. Now, somebody did pose a question in the chat room that I would like to uh, read at this particular time, and it was pertaining to the comment that you made about family. Um when a father signs the birth certificate, is that a binding legal document that recognizes the two, quote-unquote, parents 
as family at that point? You mean within the con- within the within the concept of the the unit of the three people, or the or this that he has staked a claim to a right over that entity? In, in other words, uh, if you're married, you don't really have to be if you're married through the state. And marriage of people is not biblical or spiritual. Marriage is state. It's a merger of corporations. And if it wasn't right. one, then right. why does right. the preacher and preacher and me say the same thing, don't we, brother? If I'm a notary, what do I say? Same thing a preacher does. By the power vested in me by the state of? Who's be? You don't say by the power vested in you by the almighty creator. Right? But I mean, some people but, definitely need to hear that because it goes over their heads. I'm glad you made that point. Yeah, well, merging other Right. Oh, yeah. With the state in the middle. Mm-hmm. The fact that marriage never ends has nothing to do with, uh, well, actually, it's also covered in Article 16 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, but. Even the Bible states that a marriage, love never ends. So that's the the Bible or the, which, again, I, I, I reference the Bible um, for, if for no other reason, it's the foundation of all common law, is the Bible. Thus, any rules in the Bible you could use as a maximum of law because you have the right to worship as you choose because they can't make you make a decision against what your creator has already given to you because they can't protect you from the creator's wrath, correct? Indeed. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. How can how how is God and country separated then? Yeah, well the country? Or you mean the land mass? Yeah, they say church and state are two separate entities. But I'm like, how? Where church is not a five one three C. Doesn't the church operate on the chart? Uh, you starting, bro? <laughs> we still about to start. Isn't a church a business? Yeah, it's a tax free one. Okay. I want to go to the next question before I get rock stone at me. But yeah, okay. Okay, another um, question. And, and let, me ask you, let me answer this question. Or is it question? A lot of times people don't sign a birth certificate. Uh, in the state of Florida, if you go to 63.054, it's a punitive to file the registry, which you do assign an acknowledgement of paternity. Uh, the birth certificate is then generated up at the uh, state level. Because the, the, the child gets a certificate of live birth anyway, and that would be part of the authentication process that Jonah, has made, uh, Jonah Bay has made um, so popular. Um, certificate of live birth essentially is which when you sign that acknowledgement form what you're doing is telling the state that they can go and monetize your child that's a, that's more than that private thing um, the birth certificate is a way of keeping track because don't all birth certificates have a serial number yes did the creator bring you here with a serial number not at all okay Go ahead and go to the next question. Hopefully, I find it, I answer this question. And I do go Absolutely. a little bit further in that in these uh, in these webinars. Um, when it comes, people don't people disconnect 
for some strange reason, for people who claim to be so spiritual, how do you disconnect from the Creator when you start entering into the these venues? And then say that you're not. I mean, I, I mean, let's go on to the next question, bro. I'm just trying to get along. Yeah. Uh, comment was made in the chat room, which spurred me to ask this question about the validity of better court. I mean, a debtor jail. The fact that if someone no longer for child support, that they lost their job or what have you, you know, they're throwing people in jail for that. They're throwing people in jail for not being able to pay their taxes and things of that nature. What is the validity of that? What does that stand in the Constitution? Well, without being able to see what the specifics are per case, in some instances, people don't make the proper or don't file proper documentation, some acquiescence by or acquiescence by not I just said it, that'd be redundant, not filing proper paperwork. And you can't be in debt you can't be placed in jail for a debt. That's known as peonage. Peonage is unconstitutional. In other words, I can't hold your freedom hostage. Okay? And that's what that would be, right? If I say if you don't right. if you don't pay me X number of dollars then what I'm going to do is I'm going to incarcerate you. So if somebody's benefiting financially from PNH, now these are all because crimes are Title 18. Um, I believe you will look up Title 18, uh, try 1593, and I'm going to, uh, excuse me, or 15, no, go 1581. 1593 would also be one of those PNH ones. And then if you want to, uh, for civil rights, which, you know, there are some human rights there, definitely. In fact, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights speaks to uh, issues of slavery and how are you voluntarily being enslaved because you can't pay. And by the way, what are they asking you to pay? They ask you to pay dollars because I thought the only payment for debt is gold and silver. That's Article 1, Section 10 of the U.S. Constitution. So what are they asking you to pay? Something that's not even available? And again, yep. people, I mean, I guess they can get this on the download, but I don't make the rules. I just read them. <laughs> Is that the slogan, by the way, man? <laughs> yeah, because you said irritate them. I say that all the time in these venues. Look, man, why are y'all mad at me? Bro? I ain't make your rules. I just read them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it might as well. You know, it might okay. as well be your slogan. <laughs> I ain't the bad guy here. <laughs> I hope I, if they're doing it, I can promise you there's, there's probably something right in front of you that isn't being done that allows them to do that. And, um, you know, I, this thing about self-preservation kind of does kind of go through me. But uh, there's probably a, an answer. Because he asked that question, I'm sure, for some specific reason. And if he would want to know, then uh, we'd definitely be more than willing to help him with that information. I would tell you if it's okay to plug. Now I'm doing a webinar this weekend, which is going to be yes, called "How to Pre- Okay How to Prepare for Court," and I'm going to tell those who aren't necessarily used to me. Um, uh, I did one this weekend. I kind of jumbled it all up as far as getting out the information for how people could uh, acquire it. But a few people came in. Brother Sharif brought in people, and he'll tell you I'm pretty intensive, and I, like I coach. 
because we don't have the luxury of kind of screwing up. And I, I didn't realize until recently how that his background was in law. But he'll tell you, those words matter. That's why I went into the black law. See, then also etymology of words matters. And one thing about law, the language of law has never changed. Can't. Base yeah. is Latin, right? Yeah. So it's really very important. It's imperative that you have a great understanding or comprehension of what you're what you are reading. And if you can't read, say so, brother, and we can try to help you. And uh, I did a YouTube at DJ Square where people say, you know, I, I can read, okay, but I don't understand all the words. I said, man, then you ain't, well, I said some other words, but you ain't reading, bro. You're calling out words. And that ain't reading. <laughs> and that's, that's the play on what my mom used to say. She used to say, boy, you don't go up to calling out no words. Now, what does it mean? And uh, I appreciate her for that. Uh, and, and, and by the way, do you do, I mean, we do recognize, and there's no argument that can be made empirically, that the foundation of all learning is early. And who is most important and most pivotal? They'll think, they make you believe that it's the mother. In the, the, the years prior to what would be the weaning from the breast years, once that happens, the father becomes instrumental because he begins to set the foundation for structure. So if you can get the father out early, you can essentially, and not that there's not women who do an outstanding job, but quite frankly, if women are doing such a great job, then the other numbers that are so interlinked uh, to dysfunctional living could not exist. So you can be offended by it, but I don't care. Uh, you ain't got to like what I say. If you want to challenge it, challenge it with uh, the validity. If nothing else, use your damn eyes. But with that being said, they essentially destructuralize young men and girls early. And because I was in the school system, let me tell you something, bro. Have you ever tried to teach an older person? There's a slave, you can't teach an old dog a saying. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. But try yeah. to help an older person learn. It's much more difficult than a younger person. You know, a young, like, you know, my kids, because of the help of the mother, have experience and exposure to three different languages. That, now, how long do you think it would take for me and you now right now to learn three different languages or to operate with and navigate within three. Right. Our brain wiring has already been, yeah. It's just hard. It's been hard. By the age of seven. Now you're just now running you off of that programming. There you go. Introducing you to a language um, later that you may take in school may help you a little bit, but you would have the hardened accent within that language, whereas if a young kid learns it, no matter what it is, if you listen to any of our, our, our Olmec base, our, our, our quote-unquote uh, European uh, Spaniards, their kids take care of all the work for them, right? The parent, they translate for the parent to the teacher. They're actually learning to do business. They're translating for their mom or dad who may not speak English or speak broken English with anybody at a store, at the school, with the administrators or whatever. So now they're fluid with that. They're conducting business. They're engaged in commerce. Yep, they got them but, right um, there with them. Yep, if you had to pay money, guess what they're learning? This amount of money with that amount of money, whatever it is, business is going on. Conscious or subconscious. They're just doing something, but over time, it becomes a part of them second nature. 
Second nature. Actually, nature is first. And we wonder why we ask the same questions like, you know, why they got them kids up in there with, in that store with them? They're teaching them business, you know, just through observation because a child, just based on observation in its environment, for the first seven years, it's recording everything that's going to become this program is going to play out for the rest of its life. And trying to replace that program or reprogram that program is going to be hella hard, you know? So we need to take yeah. that particular uh, approach and understand that a child's development based on the first seven years of life are vital. And that begins before birth. We're talking about when the child is of the, of the mother in the womb of the mother, and if the mother has a very antagonistic attitude towards the father and is crazy about the father, that's going into the child. When the child comes out, you know, I'm here in Harlem, you'll see mothers pushing the strollers, blowing smoke in the baby, you know, <laughs> and oh, everything else taking place. Uh, you know, the environment, the structure. Now, also speak about an epidemic that you see out in Harlem that started becoming more so prevalent in about 2003 and beyond where you would see women pushing newborn children um, with AGs with them. Okay, and the AG is an aggressive, and the lesbian is an aggressive, you know, the ones that kind of look like Little Wayne, um, dreads, tattoos on their neck, pants packing, and what have you. Oh, okay. So, with that show me is that it's called it AG? An AG, you called it? They call them AG, which stands for aggressive, yeah. Okay. They're not, they're not, they're yeah, they're, they're AG, you know what I'm saying? And because of the cultural dynamic, they would be like, you know, they're thugged out. They want to be, they want to be dudes, but they want to be thugs. And, um, what that spoke to me about because the child probably wasn't no older than six months. How can this woman, quote-unquote, make this conscientious decision based on her falling out of a relationship with the father of the child to say, um, I'm going to just play for a whole other team altogether and broadcast it to the world, and this child is going to be subject to that because now it has two parents, quote-unquote. And I'm like, wow, that must be a result of, you know, of GMOs totally transforming and transfigurating this particular person's chemistry because the characteristics of a GMO is that one is a terminated seed, so after one time breeding, it's going to terminate. And two is weather resistant. So now you will see more and more females in the wintertime with their coats open. You know, you even see uh, the boys up in Harlem. In the wintertime, they will have their pants sagging in 20-degree weather. If your testicles regulate your body temperature, you know, here in New York, we spend thousands of dollars to stay warm. We had sheepskins. We had, you know, bombers. No, whatever came out at that time, it could keep you warm. It could keep Jack Frost off your back and from getting, you know, in your neck or, or you know, your lower extremities, because that's where the, the air is going to rush in and totally go up your spine and just throw your whole uh, uh, equilibrium <laughs> off. We'll do that. But now I'm seeing dudes with the pants down past the ankles, you know what I'm saying, and, uh, and, and the sisters, 
they will be showing off the trans camps, the 20 degree weather. You're like, no. What's that wow. about? So you're looking at not only are the social dynamics transforming the quote unquote black family, but the genetical factor based on the GMOs is also, you know, transforming, you know, the children of that have been damaged by that experience. They're totally offset where they're like, I ain't doing this no more. Not only that, you know what I'm saying, I'm expressing this as well. So there's a lot of things that's going on in the community that you sit back and just watch. You could be like, okay, you know, this is very interesting and needs to be talked about. I don't know if it can necessarily be reversed. Because it's, you know... Well, here's here's an interesting dynamic relative to that. As we talk about things like even Silicon Remedy, if men, and I don't mean violently forcibly, but forcibly assert themselves lawfully, it's my belief and my theory that what would happen is it would restructure society, probably not within our viewing eyes time to greatly appreciate, but over time, because it only takes one gen, two generations to remove uh, or get rid of a history. So, and it takes like four or five generations to build, rebuild it. What would happen is, let's say within the next 10 years, more guys learn how to insert themselves or desert themselves from a situation lawfully. Because the, the, the law is set up already. What it would do with the women is it would force them back into the natural state of womanhood. Essentially, if you want to make a, how do you say this nicely, the woman's private part valuable again, change the way that the demand and the supply aspect of it works. See, now there's no real repercussion for ladies who have children they can't take care of. There's no repercussion for you to have a child that doesn't graduate. You don't let see the father, and you can still be compensated. If a, if most women knew that the guy, and I can show you this nation right, doesn't have to contribute to that, what do you think? Unless he is, and by the way, the law would say even natural law would say marriage or family through family. What would then begin to happen? And some would say, well, now you don't want him to reproduce. Well, it's not about not reproducing, but what are we reproducing? See, if you, if you, wow, this is going to sound terrible. So here we go. You can't continue to put dirty fucking thugs together and think you're going to create no damn rose scholar. That ain't happening. <laughs> and based upon what you're saying, you can't put these GMOs, these GMO-laid individuals together who just are exchanging sexual energy. Um, nothing. It doesn't take anything special to create children. That's an anatomical coincidence. Ovulation and sperm creates reproduction. But if you put the consequence back on the bringer of life, then the bringer of life will alter their behavior. It's not accidental that they targeted the women to be the uh, for lack of better words, the guillotine 
other men. Give her the right. power, coupled with her emotion, which she can't do really very much about. Uh, you hit the spot right, oxytocin, which I know if you because you bought GMOs, so you you do have some uh, conscious overstanding of female hormones. Oxytocin is a bonding hormone, but it's also secreted during orgasm. They don't talk about yeah. that. So now she's having a baby because you made her feel good. Now you don't made her mad. So now she's gonna go after your ass. Take that away, and what would you have? You would have the vagina becoming a delicacy again, because now that joker is like swapping material for the most part. But uh, there. <laughs> what, what happened? I'm sorry. I hope I didn't tell you, brother. That was that was our flash bomb. I had to uh. <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, I'm trying to calibrate squid. Uh, but these things are important to reverse the dynamic that we're in, and actually becoming aware. I'm telling you, if guys know they can walk in there and come up out of it, and they're about to a real man to do this. First of all, if I got to be if I had to be a real man to get you to open your legs, it would be a delicacy anyway, right? Because the worst elements of society are doing the most creative. That probably sounded terrible, too. But anyway, it is. and Dickens even said that. If nothing else, certain people would just have sex. He said it a little differently. Um, no, keep on that. That's important. Well, we can't ignore them. <laughs> the reality is people who, man, this almost sounds like William and, Shock, and, and better I, known for the bell curve. Right. Huh? I'm a Scorpio. William Shockley so said, I'm sorry, go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. I got a different perspective on this. You know, as much as I love, you know, to sing the kumbayas or what have you, I consult the stars and I consult my, my fellow cosmophysicians. And, um, you know, I, I noticed this Kali Yuga. And I know that as we move into a technological age, we're going to see the, the complete disintegration of the family. It's written in the stars. So we're going to move more so towards the individual, you know. And um, I'll I, I just leave it at that. So if the people that are you saying the quote-unquote are the worst in society are the ones that are not only the ones procreating, but the ones that are now in control of the template of procreation, they have to say they're sitting on the sheet to say, this is the suitable parent, and this is how we're going to do it. We're going to pop a molly, you know, you'll jump off, you'll fall, and pass. I'm knocking you down. He's knocking you down. It's already been programmed in them through reality TV and uh, Jerry Spring and all of these things. More, don't forget more. He's made a living off of it. So, like I said, if we're talking about aspects of biology is dependent upon environment only. If the environment has been terraformed and transformed, the environment is not just what people see, it's what they're eating and also what they're hearing and seeing. So reality TV, ratchet music, okay, a fascination with living in the hood under a condition in which you're like, I'm going to pick this piece of, you know, not wanting to transform that particular situation but wearing it as a badge of honor. Like, oh, I lived in a 
most fucked up part of town. You know what I'm saying? My hood is the best. Right. Go outside, you know, with, with a broom or a mop. You know what I'm saying? And out of one, it's only one out of a million people that's going to actually tell homie on the corner, like, yo, you still selling crack in 2014? Like, where did he do that at? So these contracts that have been made have repercussions, and they have reverberations that we haven't fully felt. And we're sitting here and we ignore the fact that the thorough destruction of the black family was participated by the black children at some point. We're only talking about the 60s and the 70s, but we're not talking about what is the spiritual contract of selling crack to one's mother do through the generation line, okay? Because the epigenome is something that reflects for four to seven generations out, so we're only in the middle of the beginning emanation of that, uh, uh, you know, of that mushroom cloud, should I say. You know, Freeway Ricky Walsh is still alive. I seen him in Los Angeles the other day, cracking that old. I seen no. women in Los Angeles who were smoking crack and brothers on Skid Row since the day it came out. They still alive. So, right, we haven't felt, felt the full effects of crack. How can the family be restored without atonement of these particular things? How can the family be restored if children are still being born to a culture and a climate in which they're saying, you know, that's how you got to get it. Trapping is still good. Trapping is still hood in the hood. What's going to reverse that? How can it ever be repaired? Do people understand what their children are being indoctrinated into? Well, there's the consciousness. Um, you know, it's interesting. You, see, you mentioned the word contract. And I know that sounds like a legal term, which it is. That's an obligation. And even when it comes to like the, the guy said he signed uh, an agreement with the contract. The contract, in order for it to be legitimate, even if it's being enforced, has to be accepted by all parties and all sides. And, and I know this is going to sound kind of unpopular for a lot of, for some people based upon just cultural or just personal beliefs. If a guy didn't contract with you for anything other than sex, what makes it necessary for him to owe you anything? And that went away when, that, that went away probably when I was in high school where it was, when I was in school, I was in 86, it was not popular to create bad dynamics. I come back four years later, and this whole crack thing had exploded. So I went from high school to the military. Then I started working in the school system. Um, I actually, in 92, left Tallahassee, so I guess I had a first grade, that, that, that wave of the first crack children that were in the classroom. Uh, the way I do math, wouldn't some of those people be like 27 or 28 and be the very product that you're speaking of? And they would have created other children, correct? And whatever was in their DNA has been passed. Your body is a chemical, period. It's made up of something within the universe. And But when they alter, because certain drugs alter composition, they create new beings, new organisms, so to speak. I believe that there is, in some instances, different organisms, even though they look human within their structure, 
but something in them will keep them from being able to balance because in their mind they can't see that kind of problem that you're speaking to right now. Um, again, you know, we can talk about education, we can talk about learning, we can talk about remedy, but if we don't get back into and which would help you all with overstanding law, if you don't get back into some sort of foundation with the creator, none of this stuff ever now, again, I don't care who you call your creator. If you don't make some sort of compact with a creator, there's no way that you're going to really turn that around. But I, I, I can't see it happening because, at, like, you have people now who don't fear anything, right? If you don't fear anything, what kind of person really are you? You don't fear consequence. That's almost a soulless person. Um, we have some more callers on the line. I want to go to some more hands that have went up. Let me open up my brother's line. His line just dropped, but he called back. Brother Red, are you with us? Yes, I am. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. Do you have any comments thus far? Excellent show thus far. You know, very priceless information that our brothers and sisters really, you know, we need it. We need this. You know, the imminent threat is child support at this point. The injustices of such, and people are being molested on a on a scale, you know, a scale that's unforeseen at this point. But I wanna, I wanna, because the brother understands law, right? Let's get yes. a definition of terms first. Can you define, because a lot of people are um, somewhat perplexed by your comment about marriage and what have you. Can we define <laughs> what family is first and foremost? But then, if you go into almost any constitution, and even a personal or divine constitution, a marriage consists of a man and a woman in a recognized, and, and now it's become what they call legal covenant uh, within the realm of spirituality because it's usually witness, right? So they're saying, well, family is, you know, just anything. Well, not really. Families also have an, an, an inherent or that a tangible bond that brings them together and generally, it's stimulated by something other than the fact that two people met somewhere and decided to get right, get it, get busy. You know, we, we got we started using terms like wifey and all that other foolishness. When I'm not saying that you have to believe in the institution of marriage through that contract, but if you don't have a covenant, because I don't really believe in that marriage thing, I believe in covenant. I don't I have an issue with the marriage aspect because I know it's a state institution. But a covenant is not. And in fact, prior to the establishment of it being a state institution, most marriages were recorded in some sort of family book like a Bible. You can still do that, so long as it's witnessed. You don't need a state. The state may not want to recognize you, but you can always argue that that would be a, a religious uh, demonstration for you to not have gotten married through the state 
but through a covenant, and they can't tell you not to, because then that would be denial of your First Amendment right to practice religion, correct? There, there's, there's, a, there's a host of arguments that you could present. There's probably a, a bunch of case law on it. But, I mean, I guess I should have probably asked, within what context do they want me to define family? I mean, I can't define it to make you feel better. You're either a family or you're not. And if he didn't otherwise make a commitment to the children or to the child, why does he owe you other than the fact that the child is here? And I know that sounds pretty, pretty bad, maybe pretty harsh, but the reality is, and I would even challenge the guys, if you don't want to be there, say that in the beginning. I just think that people should keep their word. That would be the, that would be the compact that everybody should live by and not keep your word based upon how much money somebody gives you. That's not the measure of a, of a parent. Money don't hug. Money don't read books. Money ain't in the stands rooting and cheering. People do that. And I think, unfortunately, because of this court system, they've taken away the personal aspect of parenting and made it business, for lack of a better word. And really, the only time I thought you paid people money for sex was to prostitution, which, again, I wouldn't have a problem with, but maybe we need to draw a different kind of set of images uh, to make people really take uh, real inventory of what they're doing. Hope I answered the question for him. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. All right, let us go to another caller. We have a hand up. Caller calling in. Let's go to my brother. 860-680-860 caller. Peace, family. Caller from the 860. All right. Brothers and sisters. Let me go back to the 410-595 and see if our brother is back yet. 410, peace. <laughs> That's their guy with the heavy, uh, they talk about yeah. the uh, the, <laughs> the stars. That's, that's Rod Koo. That's the Cosmo position. He, he's uh, his services are highly in demand, so I do understand that. Let's go to caller from the three zero three five four nine three zero three five four nine. Caller, peace. Peace, peace, brother. You taking in a peace, lot of accumulatively. We taking a lot of information and I do feel like where I tuned in into the conversation where I wanted to I would say piggyback off of was uh, I'm not too sure where the brother was calling from but he was leaving off on the actual organisms that present themselves and materials that are distributed to be detrimental for us the and before that we were speaking on GMOs and things of that nature. I'm actually attending a university that just transferred from, and 
uh, out here in Colorado, really specifically. Um, and we actually have a Marcus Garvey Cultural Center. Long story short, they have a every monthly uh, time of the month, they have a fish fry or they'll have a soul food night. And my premise was, why would we, you know, distribute a food that we know scientifically, you know, can cause a heart disease or can cause so many problems with the, the fact of just frying Why would we bring a material that historically has been used to be distributed to us as scraps and use that as an ID or ideology to welcome people into this honorable place we call the Marcus Garvey Cultural Center. The director of the department was pretty amazed that, I wouldn't say amazed, but, you know, he I can tell he never really pondered on that thought. And, you know, he wondered what I could bring to the table. And I told him that, you know, we have so many issues. I'm one of the only males who's been present in the semesters just started this uh, past week. I'm the only brother out of, I think, the population of blacks is 5%. So I've been the only male that I've seen in the population of this, well, I guess it was a sample of this institution. And, you know, it, it makes me wonder, how do we address the situation that you know, eating healthy foods that, well, I mean, some kids didn't want to eat their vegetables growing up. How do we approach a healthy demonstration to uh, reciprocate, uh, I would say reciprocate, you know, foods that are obviously better for you, you know, greens, on and on and on, but from a cultural perspective as black people, and if we have, when we have meal plans here and they serve us all this other stuff, so like I was saying, this is all biological, this is scientific. If we have already consumed, or if, well, the vast amount of people have already consumed this amount of product, will that ideology of eating a healthy food that is not culturally known to us, could that become popular? That's that's a question I bring up. I had resting on my mind. You're asking, is the food that people eat going to continue to be popular as it is now? Mm. Let me ask you a question, brother. How old are you? I'm 22. Okay, let me help you out with something. <clears throat> looking at you at 20, looking at the average 22-year-old male and definitely female in 2014, is not looking like it's not looking like the uh, average 22-year-old male in 1990. Body fat is different. Compositions look different. Uh, even the food can control how you operate and how you function as an individual. Right. Um, the reason that it's popular is because it became popular to be less than a, and this is going to hurt, domestic female. Mm. See, when that song, C.C. Pence and Ain't Nothing Going On With The Rent, came out and operated about the same time in the, the, the mid-'80s, it, it took the aspect of being a woman out of womanhood a womanhood out of the woman. Mm. So now it became popular to microwave food versus having to cook food, having leftovers. When the aspect of really caring about what went into the body of the children went away because it became more popular to be able to say, 
Uh, in fact, at the same time, that's a slogan, strong, black, independent, got ready to get this takeoff. All that stuff happens at the same time. And the reason why so many of these kind of foods have become popular to eat, a taste has been acquired. Hell, there's a taste acquired when they started giving kids these doggone artificial milk, which is insane to me because women don't y'all make milk. But these artificial milks and foods versus the grinding process or pureeing on yourself process, the taste was acquired. Most people probably can't stand right now to eat uh, just vegetables or something that is a would be quote unquote a fish that you go out there and catch somewhere else in the middle of the lake somewhere that's been eating worms and whatever else fish eat down there, which hopefully ain't been tainted by some poison from a factory. But all, all this stuff happens by by design, bro. Yeah, so can I add on? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. There was a certain study that was done, and they were talking about family. They were talking about the family dynamic, this particular epoch versus 60s and 70s and 80s and what have you. And they were saying that there's a vital bonding element that takes place at the table, family table, when the family is there congregating and eating together. As much as we overlook these things, these are social factors figure prominently in family bonding what makes a strong family because these are the times in which you're not only eating together the information is being exchanged and what have you very vital information you know it takes place at the point in time when you're sitting together eating and now you have a situation as the brother said where um you know the last key family that introduced the last two kids was introduced the child didn't even see his mother anymore. He's off now working. Or, you know, for some children, they lost their parents to the street. You know what I'm saying? And the mother was off smoking crack. The crack dams or what have you. Um, the father was probably out doing whatever he does. Or she was out at the club. You know what I'm saying? And it became systemic to a point in which now, you know, the, 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 the children are being taken to KFC or the McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? And I consider it like a family trip, family outing, child excited and what have you. But very rarely are we witnessing that aspect of, quote-unquote, family congregating at the dinner table and eating, even if that child is part of a dynamic where the father's not even in the house. You know what I'm saying? And, and there's a, a somebody, quote-unquote, substituting they're still not at the family table eating. So what I'm saying is that if we really look at the trends, we see that we're heading towards a space and a place in which there will be no more family as we know it. When the grandmother is 35, there is no more family. Because she's listening to Beyonce and Nicki Minaj and her her daughter sitting there singing Anaconda, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Oh, God. <laughs> you know, she is old and she's observing all of this. She's getting her training that cannot be reversed. So I said we have not even seen the full manifestation of what it is about to take place. This shit is only, we're looking at a, a budding a tree that's like two years old. That tree hasn't even fully rooted itself yet because Ratchet is the way of the world. It's being packaged and exported and, and 
these people, you know, this ideology, should I say, is in control and it's strengthening and it's supported. You feel me? So right. you have to stand against implications from that. Like I said, the epigenome registers seven generations into the future. So a child is being affected by what their grandmother's grandmother's grandmother did. So what do you think that the two-year-old that is in the living room right now while her 35-year-old grandmother, you know what I'm saying, is twerking the anaconda with your old daughter? Oh, man, that was a real question. Well, you know what I'm saying? She's seeing Beyonce bring the triple pose out, and now that becomes a viable option. That's what I'm going to do when I grow up. And as crazy as it may sound, as far-reaching as it may seem, traveled around the country long enough to see the tide turn. I've seen this shit flip. You know what I'm saying? I've seen where it was only five or ten of them that took blood, and now they got to turn people away. Because there's hundreds of women looking to get on that pole. And some people might think that's all right. Granted. Mm. But what does that do to support family? I'm talking about the strength of family structure, everything else is structured around. We're not looking at it's like losing the bees and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what comes after that? We're not looking at it. You're like, oh, I ain't fucking with the bees anyway. I don't like getting stung. We good. No more bees? Great. I can wear my shorts out in the summer and all of that. And, you know what I mean? I ain't got to worry about the pesky ass bees. But we don't understand that the, we, we, we never understood what role bees play in society. And by the way in which we dealt with women, it's as if you don't know the role in which women play in society. You understand? So the person yeah. was raised on, we don't love them hoes. There are reverberations attached to that. And nobody wants to have this conversation. Like, that shit didn't exist. Like, it don't permeate through the generations. Like, as if what we're seeing today is not rooted in that. Yeah, granted, it yeah. might go back a little bit further, but that shit was a powerful program, B. Uh, unfortunately, that, that whole thing was kind of pushed um, by the the lack of accountability. When, it, when you brought the 35-year-old grandma, what the children, are be, the young ladies are being inundated with, there was never a stop by men. See, men began to encourage ratchet behavior, not just because, you know, you know, I can't say I don't like women being uh, being loose with their stuff because that's the kind of cat I am, but even when it became taboo for, for churches, which is crazy, to speak to social degradation and they knew where the source was, uh, that lets you know that the that churches essentially were bought and bought and paid for. Because if if anything, they should have been the one that stopped it. There was a time when I grew up that you couldn't come into a church without a husband for for. And again, this is not an issue of what the spirituality is, but it helps to maintain societal balance. See, society standards are set by wives and mothers. Now, there's very few wives and a bunch of mothers. See, at one time, more wives were mothers. Now, mothering is just one of those things. Keith, what? 
unfortunately, I'm going to tell you another reason why it doesn't get spoken to a lot, and this is going to hurt for some people. Not that I give to you, Don. Most guys have not said anything about this kind of stuff over the past 25 or 30 years because then you'd be talking about most guys' moms. <laughs> now that deserves a ball. If, if you were to listen, this whole thing, mom's been holding it down and you know stripping the pay tuition since when you had to strip and pay tuition. I liked it in the song, but you didn't really have, that that whole players club thing. They've been having financial aid for a million years. They hell about here. Because <laughs> you want to, you know, most kids know that. Listen, how you got all these uncles, but ain't nobody show up at no family reunion. You know, a four-year-old may hear that, that 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 little bump, bump, bump. You know, and then the next night it's bumpity, bumpity, bumpity. And then the next night it's somebody different. It may not matter. You may not, you know, and they say, well, my son don't know what I'm doing. You don't think that by the time four-year-old is 14, he know mama's a hoe? So how is he going to have any inherent appreciation for women when the preeminent example of womanhood ain't worth a damn? And by the way, she ain't had a positive thing to say about the dad that she uh, uh, copulated with to create him. But by the way, not only did my, is my dad not around, but none of these other fools that you let jump up and down on you like a trampoline for sport purposes only, of course, they don't hang around very long. Nah, and that's real talk. And like I said, those are the children that are making the music now. And people are wondering why, you know what I'm saying, the music sounds the way that it does, why that level of aggression is the way that it is, why we can uh, classify a segment of society of, of young girls as as talks, talks or whatever they call them. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's socially accepted. Like, you know, women are wearing the T-shirts in the streets now identifying themselves as such. And this is the cycle that we're dealing with. So wishful thinking, I don't think that's what's going to reverse this trend. You know what I'm saying? Being positive and praying about it, praying on it or what have you. I don't think that's going to reverse it either. You know? So, right. When people are ready to talk about real solutions, uh, if you're willing to acquiesce as well, let me know as well, because like I said, I do understand that there are cosmological imprints that speak to the fact that we are heading to a place in which most people won't recognize because they've never seen it before. And they may be very uncomfortable with that reality, but guess what? Take a look outside of your window and just tell me what you're going to get based on what you see. What is, what is, what is the world going to look like when these people are 80? Oh, gosh. I mean, control. And children's children is at their home. You know what I'm saying? And they don't have no inhibition at all. They're like, do what you, do what you like. If I can pay for Huh? And somebody else should pay for this. We have a, you know, we have a, a society of entitlement mentality people. And that also is the part of the fallacy, fallacy spoke to 
of the breakdown of the family because work ethic is actually an imprinted quality, especially among boys because we're visual creatures. So if you don't see a man in your house going to work and being able to exercise an authority, and I don't mean a physical authority, but dad does represent a physical presence. When that physical presence is uh, emasculated, boys then think that it's natural to take direction from women. That sounds misogynistic, but y'all will get over it by tomorrow morning. I don't care about that. The reality is the standard has become dudes, even when it comes to what I do, I, you know, I mean, but you know, I mean, women call me about their man situation. I'm thinking, well, why isn't he calling? Because they're not used to handling business. Mama tells you everything will be all right. That means that the essential protector of the household has gone into the non-protective mode and or role. Look at how some of these young guys, the same guys that make this music. Go into any venue on any given day. They'll stand in front of the magistrate, twisting and twirling their hair, and afraid to say a word. That's been imprinted into them. Facts. In the form of, baby, just do what them people tell you to do. What? Bend over and grab your ankles. Give up your manhood. That's what mama telling you. See, even Vito told Michael, I spent my life trying not to be careless. Women and children can be careless. Men can't be careless. But when the man isn't taught to be a man by a loving person who's willing and wanting to be there, they're generally going to be very off because nature can't raise men, especially in this day and age. They have to be blueprinted. Quite frankly, if you're a man of extreme power and you want to remain powerful, you'll ensure that weak males are created. That that assures that your legacy, no different than your, your sperm if you're in the animal kingdom, moves on. You essentially create weak-willed males and very few men. That would go back to one of your original questions, bro. There's definitely something at work here. Hmm. Incredible. All right, thank you, Carla. Peace to the caller. You still there, bro? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still there, brother. Yes, indeed. Thank you, brother. Salute to you. Wonderful question, man. Yeah, Yeah, appreciate it. Peace. No doubt. Yes. All right. Let's go to caller from the seven two zero seven two zero two five six family. You might want to call in. We do have a few more hands up. We're probably going to go past the uh, the, the the live stream mark. Um, so if you want to continue with us, three four seven six three seven twenty one thirty five is the number that you have to call. That is three four seven six three seven two one three five. Let me go to the seven two zero two five six caller. Caller, peace. Yo, yo, peace, family. What's happening, Red, out there? Hello, KTL brothers, sisters. What's up, King? 
Peace. Oh, ain't nothing over just that. Peace, peace. Appreciate the conversation that night. Appreciate you uh, dropping the knowledge as always. Know the ledge. Um, yeah, I was going to echo the last brother's sentiments with the food and the GMOs. And uh, I think the speaker said we are organisms, we are elements and compounds ourselves. So if we want to bring forth pure children, got to purify ourselves, purify our bodies, and then get with the the right counterpart that's going to, you know, be that equal balance. This is our chemistry. But I was going to ask, how can we erect our own um, child support institutions whereas we define what child support is, where it's not just a check every month for, you know, whatever. Where if you ain't got the bread to pay your child support, then you spend X amount of hours with your child reading with them, studying taking them to a museum, feeding them, clothing them, whatever, what have you. You know, how do we bring that back, that power back into our own and organize, erect laws, covenants with our own brothers and sisters where we can how to do that ourselves? Where was it? Well, I'm not being, I'm not saying this in a truculent or condescending way, but where was it ever written that you can't make that determination? I think that the whole child support system is, and I don't know how, what time you came on, like I said in the beginning, a construct of people doing what they were told. No one just thought the challenge, well, if it's my child, who are you to tell me when I can and can't see my child? You don't have that authority. There's case law that supports Prince versus the Commonwealth of Massachusetts when it's states essentially that, you know, parents provide things, things that the state can neither supply nor hinder. And it's for those reasons that, uh, the state can't enter into private relationships with people. Hmm. I think it become too popular. Again, I don't know your situ- the, the, the brother who just whose call situation is, but if mama tell you that you're supposed to get in child support from dad, and because of dad's lack of information, and by the way, you know, I did a, a child support seminar a couple weeks ago, uh, over two days. Well, you know, we put in a whole bunch of this information based on case law. If most guys knew that the state standard to even get involved to where mediation is not even, uh, well, mediation is mandatory, uh, a lot of the problems that exist would go away. They, in fact, I got one even better for you. How many guys realize that your child support is probably in place and you never even had a hearing for custody? It's presumed that the mother's a custodial parent. And in Florida, by the way, there's no such thing as custody. It's time sharing. Hmm. Listen, the child living with the mother might just be a parenting decision. Or to spend X amount of time, there's a parenting decision. And if they don't like it, they always have the right to just say, listen, give the, give the child to the dad and shut I mean, and be quiet. That's right. an alternative. So what you're saying is we gotta we got to make more noise. we got to get into the books. we got to get into the laws, look at the case law, find out what works for us, and emulate that same uh, sort of template. Or, you know, just take the power back into our own hands, not asking for permission from nobody, just organizing, coming to a consensus and saying, all right, we're going to 
take care of our children. We're going to take care of our families. We're going to get back on our throne. Who's our? Just go do it for yourself first. Let's take care of itself. Begin with the one. That's essentially what I did. Once I knew, I didn't have to move in the other direction. And by the way, it's another interesting thing. You go to First Corinthians chapter 6. Doesn't it somewhere in there say something about dare anybody take your, dare a Christian take another before the non-believer? Isn't that the paraphrase of that? Because one day you're going to judge the angels. Surely you can settle them uh, with essentially trivial matters. Child support is a, is a trivial matter in the grand scheme of things because a lot of times the answer is already there. If she don't like what she's getting, give the child to you and tell her to shut up. Or you two learn to get along. And then both of y'all shut up. If there's balance in there, generally balance gets rid of problems. You know that, right? Because there's no leverage. There's no leverage. Ignorance gives women leverage, and ignorance just means a lack of knowledge on the subject. Uh, again, man, you know, I, you know, I did print. We did shows, uh, even on uh, the the uh, what it was when I first came in as Greg uh, DJ Squid, prove it wrong, high frequency the seminars. The information is there. Where I was spoken to this, and I just. It bothers me because I'm going to be honest. I don't care about y'all grown people. Really, I give a damn what y'all do. I'm tired of seeing the pain manifesting what you said earlier, bro. Now we got generations of people who are just disconnected from a sense of the social consciousness or the social concept um, that's necessary for us to have a forward-moving community. And I kind of teach things through a civics perspective, making everything impersonal. But you got to take things personally so that you have a functioning society. And those right. things are gone. I mean, to me, honestly, but it's not like crazy to me when you say something about, you know, don't you think we should be able to do some other things to for seeing the kids, like, instead of money? And where's it ever written that you have to have money to be a parent? Where has it ever been written? Listen, if money solved problems, all these rich kids wouldn't be in these damn drug uh, rehab facilities, would they? True. Facts. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that either, but, hey, the information's there. And, and, and really, without wanting to plug it, the one that I did a couple weeks ago should have anybody who really wants to have a great, and this is based upon what I did. And one of the things I actually did there to you brothers on there and, um, Anybody who may have either entertained it or Brother Sharif there, I showed you where my cases were closed out. Dude, and I don't give, you know, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. Kind of like the Washington Redskins when they beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl when Doug was quarterbacking. Didn't Timmy Smith run the same damn play damn near every time that game? They couldn't stop it. Counter trade, whatever it is. Damn. I, you know, I love to throw the ball, too, but if you can't stop me from running the ball, uh, if you can't protect the B-gap, just for the ball going. Put it there. Or if you know somebody else who has gaining remedy and that remedy suits your personality, because don't forget, you got to pull it off, um, 
go get that remedy. But it's everything that, that I did to get what at the time I didn't call it remedy, I just called it getting these people off my damn back. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I came in the show kinda of late. So I don't oh, know okay. what's your name, brother, and your information and I don't know if you spilled that already, but I ain't, I ain't getting any of it. Like, where can I go to email you or hit you up, see some of the lectures or some of the seminars that you did, conferences, book, oh, case this, for... Oh, yeah, Greg Doss at Greg Doss. Well, it's gregdoss.com, and the information is there. And, you know, there's plenty of things that we provide, coaching, consultations, the webinar, um, the case law, and I show people. I, I'm a professor. I'm a, well, I'm not a professor like my brother, but I'm, I'm a teacher. I mean, I just show you things. I bring you the information. And I expect you to do homework. I expect you to, to enhance your, your knowledge base. Again, I, I do this really because I just think these people are damn outright evil in that system. Right. Sure. I mean, <laughs> that's how they function. They function off of dysfunction. I'm stating that if you go in there and you stand in uh, um, adequately, and in some instances, it may be necessary for guys to get a different kind of training because this is now in conflict with now what has become your quote-unquote nature. You've been taught to be fearful of the system because the system is right, when in fact, in many, it doesn't operate by nature. It doesn't operate within the true sense of fairness. Fair is a biased uh, position anyway, because what somebody might feel is fair. The other side might say that's some bull crap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That ain't fair. Well, the child needs to be with the mother. What dynamic ever explained that? Other than in the animal kingdom, and actually most males in the animal kingdom are nomadic anyway. So why are you mad when men here are nomadic? Especially when you, you know, he's in the animal kingdom. You know, the head of a pride hang around because the women bring him a food, bring him his food. The very same woman that wants everything from you won't even make you a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> you know, really. True. But you know, but aside from that, really, the rights, the, the the father, a parent's a parent, whether you're married, single, or divorced. If it's been established that you're the parent, it's up to the person. And this, and you know, I also would have females in the same case. I don't like this at all. If you're a parent, then you have access and right to access to your child unless the state can show a compelling reason why you can't. And that's on an individual basis, and that's Stanley versus Illinois, by the way. But um, the it, it takes a little, it takes a, a lot of study. It takes an ability to create a proper strategy for going into these venues. And it doesn't, but what it does not it does not call for is a script. And thus, if you don't get the proper prompt, if you're operating on a script, you're never going to, you're not going to function if they throw something out there that you don't think you're prepared for, that you weren't prepared for. Right. We teach information. You know the information. No matter what they say, you have a response. All right. That's uh, GregRoss.com. DOS, Delta Oscar Sierra Sierra. Oh, oh DOS, D-O-S-S? Yes, yes sir. Great, DOS. All right. Thank you, Paul. All right, brother. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. appreciate you, Red. Absolutely, family. He takes as well. Peace.
All right, we got two more calls on the call left. Let's take callers. Call up from the 334-430-334. Call up. Come to me, 
if I can make a paper a piece of paper float to me from from the other side of the room, I could bring the car in from the damn driveway inside the room. Because it's the ability to make it happen. All these things you say are in place. If they're not in place lawfully or properly, they're out of place. The illusion is that they're in place, but that comes with the knowledge. They can say, well, she did this. She can name the child one, two, three, especially if you're not married to her, because then you don't have any inherent rights. The moment you become the father through adoption, then the rights would kick in. But if you don't want to do it, just don't sign nothing in lease. Okay, okay. That makes perfect sense. Um, because I think there was a brief problem for me and the family with particular um I guess this baby mom knows that he's no longer part of this country and for some reason I'm not sure how it would possibly she filed for sanction for child support and it accumulated over a brief period of time. Which at times they still send in for they want their money, but in, in who is they? I mean, well, who is they? I mean, let, me, let, me, let me recite. Whatever they call this child, whatever they call this agency system that deals with child support, whoever who runs that crap, wants still payment that's been backing up, and he's he's not even no longer part of this country, you know. So I'm not sure how they gonna still be asking something that he's not even no longer part because they send him away. Yeah. You're saying who? Who is the they? I don't know who they. The child support system. Who knows? Okay, make them whoever they are justify that I owe you a, I mean a doggone thing. Yeah. So you know, some 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 that has no face should not really be missing paperwork. But you know, a lot of people are very mis misguided, miseducated, so they they roll with a lot of things, which you know, that's them. You know. No, no, no doubt. You know, it's, it's like this. A lot of times the people who claim that you owe them or the entities that claim that you owe them are like, it's like saying I owe Santa Claus. How do I owe what doesn't exist? And if I owe you, prove I owe you. Uh, again, um, maybe it seems a little simple uh, because I may be adding a little bit of um, comedy or wit to it. Uh, one time I was spending about 25 mm-hmm. hours a week down at the law library. Mm-hmm. And for those who may have heard um, on any of the networks that I did it, whether it was the Frequency or on Dean's show, they act, some people thought that I'd been in court quite a few times. No, I just developed the strategy. I have the answer for every question I ask. And I teach guys that go from being on offense me from playing on defense to being on offense and see how they perform being on defense. Bullies aren't used to getting punched in the face. Yeah, yeah that's a fact. That's a fact. Yep. 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 So punch them in the face and see what happens. All right. And that comes with information. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Blue Pill. For the guest tonight, you know I'm I thought this was a recording, but you know, as good fan gate has answered my question. Thank you, Jeff, and thank you, um, sir.
Not a problem. Um, so next time, my brother. All right. Hey. Yep. Okay, family. That concludes the callers in the call queue. Uh, with their hands up, I would gather. I'm gonna try this all at one last time. Let's see what we get out of this experience. Call us in the five one zero six eight four five one zero six eight four. Call it peace. <laughs> are, you, are you there? Are you there yet? Okay, guess not. Well. As I said, I guess that concludes our callers for the evening. Brother Sharif, are you with us? I'm here, Pete. What's going on? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Before I conclude tonight's show, I definitely want to say thanks to both of you brothers for this powerful presentation. Um. Of course, I want to ask you before we conclude tonight's show, Brother Sharif, is there any questions that you have for our guest tonight? No, my man. I just wanted to bring Greg over. I know that was a topic and subject matter that, you know, all of us have struggled with and it's been a sensitive topic that many didn't want to take on because of the sensitive nature of the children. But, you know, as I came across the information and listened to uh, Greg, on the topic, I mean, he he had me doing what I do as a paralegal, which is doing some research, and he, he was dead on about what he was saying. So my thing was only to put him in an environment where the information uh, will be appreciated in the first environment I thought was yours. So this show was for him, you know, to put that information out. And it's just I'll just touch on some interesting things that he said in the fact that, I mean, he probably, he didn't he, he went into the areas that, uh, that it's probably most interesting to everybody else, but we have to understand also the prison industry side is that, you know, they get our women to turn over these men to the system, and they all fall prey to the system with child support and wind up losing their license, having their tax returns confiscated for child support, um, and often put in jail and be made to work for 25 cents an hour while they're building $20,000 Harley Davidson. So it's a profit-generating business as well. Greg uh, didn't get a chance to touch on um, the law that supports, you know, this industry, and that's federal law which allows these state courts and these private child protective services, and we have to understand that they're private corporations. These are like McDonald's and Burger King. I mean, they're not (laughs) – many times state-related. They just call themselves. So, you know, they the federal government allows for every dollar that they collect, the federal government will give them 4 or $5. You know, and that's the, that's, that's the profit that is involved in it. And that federal code, I had it here, Greg, I believe is, uh, is Title, I believe it was Title 18666. Okay. So, you know, that's the federal law that that created the child support obligation. And, 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 I mean, these judges that are sitting on these so-called judges, administrators that are sitting on these cases, they have a financial interest in, the, in, in making sure they collect those dollars. Uh, there was even a case out there I discussed on the show where there was a, 
a prosecutor that was holding $100 million in child support payments, and he, he didn't want to give it up. Because people just don't understand these collection agencies, they're private, and they're collecting this money, and you think it's the state. First of all, they're getting 4 to $5 for every dollar. And then I don't even think the children get the full amount of what's paid. I believe they get a percentage, and all of it under the auspice of child support. Uh, it's just a racket, man, and, and, and Greg is very – Good about it, and 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 he was able to the, the one I, the only one I know. I mean, we've all tackled the, the the topic in our community. We get the Morse community or the conscious community. A lot of people have touched on it and feathered it, but you know, Greg actually. What I like about him is that he's been through it already, and we don't have a many examples. We have a lot of people talk, but we don't have examples of somebody that's been through it, and he's been through it multiple times and been successful. So I just wanted to bring him over. <laughs> Uh, expose it to the horrible. family and, and, and give you the information. <laughs> that sounded horrible, but he's correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, part of that, and it's actually titled forty two eight uh, six sixty six. But one there of the go. things in that forty two six sixty six, uh, it's down far down there. I think it's in that it's like D something. But yeah, it's part a D. Of comp- okay, competent jurisdiction. Well, if they bring you in under family law and you're not a family, then the jurisdiction cannot be competent, could it? That's right. Exactly. So this is the biggest racket, man. This is the biggest right now, Pills. You know, this is the biggest. The prison system won, but then you know, you, you, they, they they get our women for two hundred and eighty dollars in food stamps and, and welfare a month to turn over to men. The men are put in prison to work for twenty five cent an hour. Free <laughs> cell phone. Right. Don't leave that out. <laughs> Well, even they they spend 150 billion annually on single parent uh, programs, and only 150 million on married uh, family programs. I think go. that they're not they're not motivated by dollars. There <laughs> you go. So that's you know that's the information that, that that's important. Again, this is a deterioration of family utilizing the women. And, and I'm not saying that it's necessarily the women's fault, but, I mean, they give a lot of benefits to keep the man out of the house and keep the woman away from the man and keep the children away from their fathers. And we understand that the Bible mentions fatherless 44 times for a reason, the widow and the fatherless. So the fathers are important, and then once we separate them, then we go in, that same system comes that, that takes, takes the father out of the household or puts the father in jail for child support, it's the same system that will come take the kids from the women. You have no father. You have no man. Uh, you're easily uh, oppressed <clears throat> because you, you don't have that support system. You don't have that family environment. And then they start taking the kids from the women or they start shooting them down. Or, or the kids grow up making music about the single family household uh, and them not having an interaction with their fathers. So it's, it's a snowball effect. So. I just wanted to expose the, the KTL family, which is probably the, one of the biggest networks out there. I want them to expose them to Greg, give Greg an opportunity to, you know, show and prove based on what he's been through. And it wasn't about me at all. It's about him and getting that information out because these are just like the driver's license and other things. These are one of the instruments they use to oppress the men. And, and it's mostly black, you know, and we have to understand that between cultures that, you know, other society, other cultures handle things different. 
You know, we have angry women. A lot of the time I'm not blaming the women, but they're angry. They're emotional imbalance. Uh, they, they, they are without men uh, or the experiences that they had are not healed before they go to another one. We have multiple kids, multiple babies, fathers. I mean, these things we have to talk about um, before we can get to the fact of, of bringing the men back into what they need to do because they're busy being oppressed by the system, so they can't think straight. They're not, they're not trying to deal with anything. And, and Greg had an interesting, you know, uh, analogy to go along with it. You know, Greg says, you know, how can you love something that causes you so much pain, speaking about the child? So most men just like, you know, what am I going to, you know, I can't love this kid when it's because I'm, I'm going to go to jail if I don't make this 500 a month. You know, right. it becomes a burden. Yes. It is a, it's a burden from the moment she... Listen, if we were going to be can't... We're in the overtime, right? Yeah, we are. We're yeah. Over, keep going, man. Okay, okay, we're going to be candid about some things, right? How many times do you see dudes celebrate kids from women when they're not married to them? You don't see jokers doing high fives and flipping in most instances. Oh, Maury, what do they do? You are not the father. You don't lay down on the ground and cry. Unless he's been taking care of a child he thought was his, but if he's been trying to avoid it, he finally he ain't the dead. I seen the dude get out the wheelchair and start walking because he was so damn happy and so, re, uh, you know, reinvigorated by that notion. We need to be at least honest enough to say that most of these kids are not born because the dude was trying to, you know, even the term well, you know, he quit making babies. Man, he ain't making no babies. He's he's having sex. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to make trying to keep it calibrated for the show, but he's he's having sex. And we need to be honest about it. In other cultures or other ethnicities, nationalities of people enjoy having sex as much as the next as we do. But for some reason, they're not creating the chaos. It's almost as if within a certain, a certain community, it, it lends to an artificial uh, confidence or an artificial independence uh, that women have now worn with a badge of pride. You know, it's, if you think about it, if you took away the support system of the, of the pirates, uh, nothing would exist at all when it comes to this. They're not self-sustaining. They're sustained by others and have a feeling of, a feeling that they're entitled to it. i tell you what else would stop it. If a dude is child support payments is on time, he should be entitled to the same thing that he got that got him in the situation, unless the, mother, the lady's otherwise married. But really... That's what got them there. We have to find some way to, if you want to find some way to really regulate it, make conditions even. Make, you know, one party, whatever one party has to give up, the other party does as well. And in fact, it, it does make men less less marryable because, unfortunately, if you're a dude who has children and you meet a nice chick and she don't want to, to deal with the fact that you got baby mama issues, and most guys' baby mama issues in many cases are really derived from just reckless sex. And you know, say we're going to punish him for that, that's fine, but you're not punishing her for that. The only one who really gets punished, which exactly. is strange, is everybody but the mother. The child suffers because he doesn't have a loving father, and the guy suffers because now he, he's been suffering because of this situation because he wasn't aware of information. She's getting compensated for creating suffering. That's right. That's why I say that the mother is benefiting the government interest because they're they're bringing the men to them and sacrificing them at the altar. It's like, look, I got another one. You're messing around with state property. 
and uh, you got to pay. And if you can't pay, you go on in jail, work for a quarter, an hour, and you're going to build those $20,000 Harley Davidsons, and we're going to make, you know, some billions off of you. I mean, it's all designed. It's all by design. And the last thing I'll say is that, you know, Greg brings up, you know, another point when we talk about the system and how it works is that it's designed to continue to keep apart the man, the woman, and the child. And when we have that happen, I mean, it's just, you know, for a little bit of independence, the women think they get, you know, a little bit of Section 8, a little bit of food stamps, you know, some coupons now, not no money. You know, you, you, you we putting the men in the system, and then I, hear, I have sisters, I have friends. There's not enough men. They're all in jail. Well, let's look at why they're in jail. I mean, let's look at this prison industrial system. Let's look at why they're in jail. Y'all, they're giving you coupons and a little bit of housing in a farm-like area, okay, concentration camp-type area, and they're telling you, okay, give us the name of the men. We slept with you. And there's no limit on the amount of babies you can have while on welfare or getting governmental service. And I'll just say, lastly, there was a case appeal. I think I emailed everybody that's on my list. There was recently a, a lawsuit filed against a judge, a uh, so-called judge, and a court and the Child Protective Services based on the Indian Reservation. And they have, you know, based on what they perceive as Indian, but they have a special law for them, which means, you know, they get welfare services, you know, that, you know, they had a little special procedure that if it was a problem with the kids and the parents that it would go, that the, that the kids would go to one of the, you know, reservation tribe family members, and they was just ignoring all that, and they was just slapping them kids away from the Indian people and not having a hearing. They were having 60-second hearings. They wasn't doing what they were supposed to do, and the Justice Department got involved along with suing. And, you know, the, the reservation people, they got together, and they sued the judge, sued the court, sued the child protective services, something that they're supposed to do. But what I'm trying to tell you, Bill, is this stuff is, this is, this is basically – Slavery at its highest. All right. This yes. is this is this is human trafficking at its highest. Those prison systems. We have correction corporations of America that they were asked to take over all the jails, and they were like, "Well, we'll do it, but you got to guarantee us ninety percent occupancy." So why do we think we see the the rise in, in in interaction between law enforcement and the community? It's a money making business, and we think that the prison system where they, the states were paying so much money. So they're making money. And then there's the bond issue and all that we won't even have to get into. But I just thought Greg was very good on the subject. And, and again, I don't think Greg advocates that, neither do I, um, not taking care of the kids. But I, 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 I kind of agree with him. I don't think you should go to jail for, you know, sleeping with anybody, <laughs> okay? And that's just what it's coming to. I mean, we're, we're, we're making jailable offenses, sleeping with somebody, and we don't get pregnant, you know, and all the control is with the women. They have the birth control. They have the abortion. They have the child support. They have the welfare. They have the divorce rate. Seventy-six percent of them file for divorce. So, you know, we're seeing some things that, you know, our queens and, and our matriarchs have to pay attention to, and we just want to call some awareness to it because once these men get in the system, black, white, green, or purple, it's a wrap for them if they don't have this knowledge. So that's all I have to say, brother. Thank you. I would uh, absolutely agree, and one of the things is um, when it comes to this, don't forget they have the safe havens and alternatives and what have you. And really, it's going to take, in some cases, guys, to disconnect from your what you've been told or your mindset relative to what makes you a man. I mean, and again, it's not about not taking care of the child. It's not 
not taking care of a child at one. In many instances, most guys just don't want. You you can't if your if your toe is hurt or your toe is cut off, and I think it's a sensitive subject. But hell, two two uh, toothaches are sensitive. But if you don't fix that damn tooth, it's going to hurt for, and it can actually infect you and kill you. By the way, some people don't know that, but a rotten tooth can kill you. Uh, and in many instances, these children have become, for lack of better words, the the, the sign of all things that ill or ail some guy. And, and, and I think that maybe it would help. It'd be really healing for every all the parties involved. And, and when it comes to guys and their children, this is going to sound bad, but if you don't want to be involved, just tell the child, hey, listen, I didn't want you. You know, quite frankly, you made my life miserable, um, which sounds bad, but the reality, I can't love you because I never loved your mom. I get nothing out of this deal. I'm giving up stuff, so don't expect to see me on Christmas, Thanksgiving, the other days, unless maybe your mom gives me a little bit of the same consideration she gave me when I got you. Because essentially nothing's going to make these guys be, and that sounds terrible, but is it any more terrible than the kid knowing that is the reality as the reason why the guy isn't there? Or why dad isn't there? Nobody. I tell you what, guys, ask your mom, and then go ask your dad why your dad isn't there. And see if the stories match up. There you go. Most of these stories are always one-sided. And, no, and as bad as dad is, how many guys asked ask the mom, damn, if he was that bad, why did you have your legs open to him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've been there. We've been through that, and uh, and we had we all had great mothers. Still, I had a great mother. I've met your mothers and everything. We have great mothers, but, you know, I grew up with a great mother as well, but I, I watched my mother manipulate you know, pops on, on the kids issue, and, you know, you can't come see him today. And, you know, we went through that. Those emotions were still high. You know, the adversity was still there, and the kids were used as a pawn. Now now the government sees that confusion, and, you know, they come in, and they be like, wow, how can we make money off that? Well, the lawyers make the money in the divorce. They make the money in the child support case. They know it's, they know it's not illegal. They're going to throw you in there. You'll pay them ten grand, and they'll just – you know, you're still going to be on child support, and the confusion, and then now the willingness of the women to turn over the men for whatever reason, and you have that, and now they, you know, yeah, they don't base any blame on the woman. You go on welfare, you still have three or four more kids. You know, they just fill out another form, you know, and be like, okay, I have another one. So there's no responsibility put there. There's no more discipline there, and our women has always been the centerpiece and the thermostat for all society. So when they're out there being a little bit more promiscuous because of their reliance on birth control or divorce or welfare or child support or the fact that they could just pick up a phone and call the police and, and get the dude in a, in, a, in a quagmire because they're angry, okay, and they're probably angry for what, the previous kid's father or a bunch of things. They're in a concentration camp with other women who are similarly situated. There's a lot of things that goes goes on there. And I'm not, and we got to get to the men and what they're doing, but I just see the cards being stacked up to provide the women with uh, uh, the basis to throw these men into these situations, thinking with the government, thinking, have them thinking that it's about the kids. It is not about the kids. If they wasn't making any money, they wouldn't give a dang on about 
them kids. They don't care about the kids. They want stock for those jails, and they want to make that four-to-one ratio that the government gives them for collecting that dollar from you, and they don't give a darn. Okay, you can go to jail, or you can get out there and hustle and pay them that four-to-one. It's it's a win-win for them. So, you know, Greg, Greg kind of levels that playing field, and I think a lot of men will still take care of their kids. Uh, but it's going to be a lot of pain involved. You know, it's a lot of pain already involved. Some of them will probably walk away and never have anything to do with it. Some of them just pay the child support and still don't have anything to do with the kids. But our women have to wake up and, 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 and put the value back into those situations. And we're trying to find ways to reunite the family structure because we wouldn't have Ferguson if there was a family structure there because those boys would probably know a little bit more or those law enforcement agencies would probably be a little bit more careful at uh, dealing with men who grew up with men in the house. Uh, I think it's a difference. So, you know, I support Craig. I wanted to bring him out, wanted to expose him to the people and get some good information that I rely upon uh, and I think that has been well vetted. And I only bring people that I know, you know, uh, I, I can definitely research what they say. We know we have a lot of things that go around that don't really come to fruition, but you know, Greg is the truth about it, and um, I just wanted to bring him over, man, and introduce him to the family and get his message out, and let's try to repair this family. So I yield out. I yield out. Right, well, I, well, I appreciate it. And, again, you know, one thing with me is um, I, I am really trying to be a solutions-focused individual, and um, and I truly believe that a lot of guys, in, in some of these instances, because of maybe they're over-mothered, focus on whining about problems or in some cases just don't know that there is a solution. Uh, telling you, I learned, and, and what I try to tell guys is, listen, you ain't got to take the ass kickings I took along the way. They kicked me in the ass, pushed me down the steps. You know, <laughs> you ain't got to go through that because, again, the template is for the most part set. Maybe some of it may have to do with delivery and, and, and knowing and having everything prepared. But it's like anything, you know, you put the time to work in, I just, I can't see that there's not a positive at the back end of the road. And if you do the simple math, uh, brother, uh, Red, didn't you say 500 bucks a month? Isn't that uh, the way I do math, 6000 a year in over 18 years? That's what, 60 plus plus $108,000? We can't find, not to mention the other pains that come with it. That's $108,000 of tax-free money that you have to give away. Be And How many years does it take off your life? Because if you don't do it willfully, because the way the body is composed, anything done under duress takes a little bit away from you, doesn't it? There's a reason why guys die earlier. <laughs> Maybe sometimes we just want to go. That's the only escape. And when you deal with the contract issue, because I deal with the debt issue and the credit issue, you wouldn't have to understand it. They report it to your credit because you signed the contract. Now, if they say you owe back child support and it's retroactive, why didn't you report it to your credit from the day the baby was born? Well, you created that contract and the CPS, a private, many in, in many states, a private corporation, you created the contract with them, and they become your creditor. And you agree to pay them every, every month. You know what's kind of interesting to me? Isn't it within that Fair Debt Collection Act, isn't it, doesn't it state quite boldly and clearly that all debts have to come from a consumer transaction? That's right. Is that a consumer transaction? Absolutely not. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> if you went into that contract, it would be yes. But I don't think the brothers know, the men know that 
they're entering into that contract, I think they, they're really under the osmosis that they yeah. think it's for the child. But, yeah, you're, you're, or, you're creating a debt. Well, they're trying to create a debt. Or somebody dragging them in under the threat that if you don't do this, we will do one other thing, and that would be even involved in that 42666. Uh, and one of your challenges, oddly enough, people, and this may blow you, that if you brought in there and it's under threat, because they got to give you clean hands. In other words, they can present the contract, but they have to tell you, you ain't got to sign the contract. There you go. They have to tell you that. They can't say, well, if you don't do it, it's whatever. And by the way, if within that contract, there's a, there's a material mistake in the fact. Because facts have to be agreed upon to stipulation. But who am I? All I do is damn read. And I'll lastly say, if you if, if you dealt with a child support situation, I heard the brother ask the question, and how can you go back? Just understand and keep in mind, you can challenge jurisdiction at any time. If they brought you in under family law and you wasn't a family, and of course you can go back and challenge jurisdiction. That would be like, well, you never had subject matter jurisdiction over family <laughs> anyway. I wasn't no damn family. So that would be a material mistaken fact. A there fact. You go. There you go. This ain't this ain't rocket science because I figured it out and I ain't that damn bright. Okay. <laughs> but that's it, Pills, man. I, I thank you for yeah. allowing the brother to bridge over, man, and uh, coming to the platform. I appreciate coming over and uh, you know giving us information. And you know, Greg is out there. He has his own website. He's doing some webinars. He's doing some good things. He'll take you from A to Z, look, and he'll show you the paperwork, man. He'll show you his cases. He has no he, – he don't hide anything. He don't spin around when you ask him a question. He don't disappear. He's right there with you. And I think a lot of brothers should get on it and, and, and you know, and exercise their own morals and values in terms of how you're going to deal with that. But anybody that oppresses you, whether it's a woman or anyone else, and you find a way to remove that, Oppressive weapon, uh, you kind of, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a time of bitterness that's going to occur, or maybe some brothers will just be strong enough to say, well, listen, okay, now I know you can't beat me into it. I maybe I may want to do it on my own, but you know, these are the terms, and uh, and I think that's going to put the men a little bit back in control, man, of these situations. That would come into effect, uh, wouldn't it? Um, wouldn't that uh, that three talk three? Wouldn't that come into effect also even in the dating game? Hey, look, baby, sure. you know, we're going to get together. Listen, you try to have a baby on me, I ain't signing sh- nothing. Because <laughs> right. I ain't trying to have no baby. We decide later on. But listen, the average married couple has a child two and a half years into marriage. The non-married people or women are having babies four months after meeting the guy. Mm-hmm. Damn, that, sh- that shouldn't be going on, bro. Think about it. How many people know that are married and have a whole bunch of kids? Very <laughs> few. Because you have a different mentality within the marriage. It's not just something to do. Unfortunately, in some cases it is with these bridezillas, but it's not something to do. It's like, okay, we're going to have a couple kids. We're going to get back to being, you know, us, uh, having our family, and, you know, we have the family raised, and then we get back to enjoying our own life. That's why mom and dad were so happy to see you get your ass about the house. They want to get back to being what they were before you came along. At, you know, essentially, mom and dad actually loved each other. Mm-hmm. Kids create the habit in between them little years and 20, 25 years that the kids are growing up in the house, right? And then the parents get back together. 
do all this traveling. You, you know, they wear different clothes. They do things. And I just may say, oh, this is all in the ideal standpoint. But if you roll back, isn't that what really happened? They might be around for the grandkids to come back. But mom and dad are living a good life. The house stays clean. They ain't complaining about money. You, matter of fact, you go to grandma and grandpa for money. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? It comes, and that's more to what, I guess, what you do, Shreve, you want business. But there's a reason why family matters because families are a way for you to create generational wealth. Bastardology don't create generational wealth. It creates generational chaos. But I do appreciate it on the head right there. That's what it is, man. God damn, I got to make you a late bomb. Uh, yeah, Phils, and y'all talk about it all the time on the show. Once you create, if you create a society of fatherless kids, I mean, that's the easiest population to oppress. You know, you're looking up to role models. You want to look at the man in the uniform as a role model, or you want to look at the ball player as a role model, or, you you, you know, cause you have no father, okay? And then, you know, one of the things I say, Phil, that I've seen in the Ferguson incident and I've seen tens of videos, and even in the time of crisis and in the time of so-called protesting, the women were on one side of the street and the little boys and the men were even on the other side of the street. I didn't see any arm-in-arm with men and women, kids with their fathers. I didn't see any of that. I've seen the women out there holding kids in a protest environment where they're shooting rubber bullets. And I didn't see any men talking about, yo, get in the house. I mean, go to the house. I didn't see any of that. I saw the women out there. I really seen a different picture than what everybody else seen. I seen a bunch of women, look like single women with kids. And I seen the little, the boys, the teenagers on another side doing their thing. And then I seen some parents just scattered about. I, I, I didn't see one family unit out there protesting collectively. So, and, and it just it bothered me. It just it, it bothered me that even in crisis when someone was killed, you didn't even see, you know, we used to run together. And, you know, somebody died in the family, we came together. We met at so-and-so's house. It was family. Now the family is all women from the hood or whatever, and I'm not, I'm, I'm just talking about that situation. And there was the, the teenage boy, some of them that was out there doing what? Hey, they had the Navier, they was riding on the bike, they had the pants down low. What are you coming out here to do? You're just coming out here looking. So we just, you know, our women wasn't designed to raise men. And I know this culture is transitioning into what well, women can raise men. No, that's just, it's just, let's just be real about no it. Empirical no, dad, and no empirical no. data supports it, and your eyes don't support that dumb crap. That's, stop that's ridiculous. Don't stop lying. So, yes, our men is in jail, Bill and Harley Davidson's for major corporations, and they're making $2 billion a year. And they're putting you in jail, okay? And they're t- and you you only making twenty five cent an hour, and you're working. And they got plants inside of these jails. They got you can make cotton inside of the jails, license plates, Harley Davidson, uh, Air Force chips. I mean, you know, we have farmers bill being put out of business because they said we can't compete with the jail, man. The jail got the the doggone uh, factories inside of the jail where they're they're doggone breeding. Trout and, and, and whiting and all that. I'm, and I'm watching these stories, and the farmers are yeah, like, we got to close up. You, you see what I mean? It's, just, it's getting crazy out there, brother. It's, it's, and we're creating an unemployed 
creating a segment of unemployed and unemployable males yeah. by employing those in the prison industrial complex and the offset in the dollars is making people wealthy on a scale that other you know, some of y'all rich folks might come at. Most people can't grasp the kind of wealth that is caught. You know, what, tw- the difference between 25 cents an hour and $20 and 25 cents an hour is $20 an hour. Where's mm-hmm. the money going? Somebody bid on the work. Mm-hmm. Come on, people. But I appreciate yeah. y'all for bringing me on, though. I, I really do. And I, and Thank I you, Phil. You. Love you, man. Definitely, man. Thank Thanks you. for bringing Thank the, the platform, you. man. Thank you for this eye-opening conversation. We have a lot that needs to be talked about. Like, we need a town forum where we can, a digital town forum if need be, where conversations like this can be had on a larger scale so we can see that, um, you know, the agenda is far-reaching, and they're going to continue to support this crazy-ass nonsense ratchet music because all of these things, like you said, are pipelines for the prison industrial complex where, you know, there's such a premium, they put such a value on our lives in that particular format, and then we already know about the organs and all that other stuff. So, I mean, it, it's just yeah. so many ways, like mm. 6 million ways to kill a nigga and 10 million ways to make a million dollars off of it. And, and like, come on, Pete. Yeah. You know, yeah. the very people that can do something are the ones that are quiet and they're living like hostages in their own community. These people came back from the war. They fought Vietnam. You know what I'm saying? They went to Iraq and shit, and they come back to the hood and they wimps. You know, they want to run these little niggas off the corner holding the block down that are holding everything hostage, you know, just long enough where we can have a conversation with these sisters because you got to mentally change the value of them. They need to see men back in their community doing man things or yes. their, their objective of an alpha male is going to be a dude pulling up in the building where they got it, how he lives, and he got X, Y, and Z, and he's knocking it down, and she wants him to knock the uterus out. So that's mm-hmm. what the, uh, the, the, the going narrative is, you know what I'm saying? And that's just how she wants to live because that's how she was raised. And until she's given something that's stronger, like the superior claim, until we make that superior claim and make that shit look lame, that's going to be the order of the day. And what we're seeing is going to move towards something a lot more destructive and a lot more sinister because you already see there's an agenda that's in full play and you only saw you know you only saw one tooth of it it got 31 teeth left you know what I'm saying so it's really time to wise up and sober up and I want to thank both you brothers for coming forth with this sobering conversation and um, I I really uh, appreciate it Tonight's program, I really appreciate the opportunity to be in the, uh, the company of both you brothers with the uh, great wisdom and the very clear and concise delivery. Um, and I hope to do great work for you in the future. Okay? Indeed. Indeed. I, I appreciate it uh, again um, for your time, your effort, and for giving me a forum to discuss what uh, I'm so impassioned about, which is helping guys. Everybody take care. Indeed. Good things.
Peace, Phil. I'll be back home on another occasion. Um, I'm on Friday again. We're going to do a part three. You, you brothers are definitely invited. We just want to keep the conversation going and keep the dialogue going and, you know, get through the talking about it. And at the same time, I think contemporaneously we are discussing solutions, and that's, we, want these, we want the family back together. We want men back with women, women back with men and the kids to see a, a two-parent mother and father household or we're just going to see, you know, all all women in all male households, and, and I just don't know how our future looks on that plane. Um, not making any reservations about that, but keep doing what you're doing, man, and, and you know you always welcome. Continue yeah. keeping the conversation going. You sparked a very interesting conversation. Like I said, it needs to catch on. We need to do this nationally, internationally, on on you know on a, a much bigger platform. This needs to be the conversation of the day. All right? We need to yes, take sir. this to the National Mall, you know what I'm saying, in the multi-million. You understand? Know I so agree. We appreciate everything that we have demonstrated here on tonight's episode, and I know there will be much more uh, in our future, and I look forward to it. Yes, sir. Thank you, peace. The sponsored by Soul Gold Biz. I'm going to go and leave out this one. And, of course, uh, kingscounty.bigcartel.com. And, of course, mypowerfeasures.com. All right, and, of course, Ocean 14 Court. All right, but we're going to leave with our commercial for Soul Gold tonight. Come back on that gold, y'all. From times of lore, ancients believed gold aided in prolonged lifespans and cured many diseases. It is proven to enhance mental astuteness and sharpen intuition. Gold aids in optimal bodily function and increases electrical conductivity and cellular electrical impulses. Gold can balance energy fields and is beneficial for opening and balancing the crown, heart chakra, and the third eye. One of the main benefits from an active third eye, or pineal gland, is the ability to have lucid dreams. This elixir of life is now available in two ounces for an amazing low price of $49.99. Our bodies are our temples, and Soul Gold Liquid Drops is essential to our transformation. Order now. Go to www.soulgoldbiz.com today. <laughs> 